What's up, everybody? It's Hotline League, episode 158 with Spawn. He's joining us this week. We're going to introduce him in a second. But first off, we want to thank Alienware for sponsoring the episode. And we're joined, of course, by my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Um, Good. Good. Are you okay over there, Spawn? What's happening? Oh, oh, you're showing Alienware. I appreciate it. I, too, it. would like to thank the good folks at Alienware, especially for this uh, laptop. Which oh, I do all of my work and broadcasting on. Fantastic. Well, we love to see it. Uh, regardless, we'll talk more about Alienware later on. Mark, how was your week? What's been going on with you? What have you been up to? Fill us in. Um, not too much, honestly. Not much is going on. <laughs> no. Your hair, I feel like, is becoming... You're obsessed with it. I feel like you do all sorts of different stuff. I like to fuck with, I mean, like, it's probably the most interesting thing happening in my life right now is just what's up with my hair. Is your hair? On any given day. Yeah. Which, what I hoodie I is there, by the way, it. that are you wearing? This is not the LCS hoodie. Okay. It's just a white one. Because I have the LCS hoodie I'm thinking about. I don't have an LCS hoodie. What the fuck? They sent me, they really? Because they sent one to Kobe and they sent one to me. I'm going to have uh, some choice words with some people. Yeah, well... It might show a little bit. Oh, there's a bit of an echo right now. Where are we getting that echo? Oh, it's from Spawn. Is um, it me again? Yes. Like, come on, bro. Like, what is going on, man? Fix your show. This would not happen if we were in VMix. This is all Skype fault. Spawn, Spawn the audio is coming through your Discord. We would have to use Discord regardless so we can take calls. It has nothing to do with VMix. No, well, Skype, you could, Skype you messed to... with it. Yeah, and you could also send out a vMix call link. We would not have to use Discord. That is actually factually incorrect. That shows your lack of knowledge about vMix in totality, Travis. We, you, you would have to, we have to take calls through the Discord server. No, you could just like you could you could send a chat you could send a vMix window out through uh through uh, the chat link or something. I don't know. We'll find another solution. I mean, Discord we would still be using for sure. Yes. I'm down for ragging on Skype. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so hopefully hopefully Spawn can keep an eye on his Discord light and see how it lights up sometimes when I'm talking and adjust this stuff accordingly. Anyway, so you've got literally nothing going on in your life, Mark, except for Riot screwing you over by not sending you stuff. Do you think it's a bad yeah. sign that they're not giving you, like... LCS stuff. I feel like every week you try and start a rumor that I'm on the outs with Riot. Every week. I mean, I didn't start it uh, last week. What are you? you... <laughs> Wait, what are the? What are these episodes we we were talking about? We realized you realized on the show that you were not doing as much, at many as many hours that your hours got cut. So. I have done every day so far, and I okay. think I'm doing every day, uh, but I like. I've done countdowns and then have gotten off countdowns for AD. Yeah. And like this week, I won't be on a countdown, but I'll be coming on for AD. So like I, I haven't not done it. But it does yet. seem as though they're transitioning you out. It does feel like they're trying to find a way to replace me, which is just never going to happen. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's true. Uh, I think that's likely. Anyway, uh, enough about Mark. Spawn, how are you, how's America? Uh, honestly, like... Okay, so how am I going to say this? America right now appears to be on fire. Like, that's just what my general consensus of it is. However... Wait, you're not locally, actually here during the summer when we are on fire. Yeah, well, I mean, yes, correct. But Team Liquid, on the other hand, has really looked after me. So, like, 
it, it is everything I wanted it to be and more, to be honest, like for the League of Legends stuff. But in saying that, it would be nice to be able to go over to Mark Zed's house to have a coffee. It would be uh, nice to be able to go to Tra Travis's and Kobe's house to play with a cat. Um, like there, there are some things that I would like to be able to do. Um, but I think you, you got know, those uh, mixed up. Apart from COVID, there, there is uh, the LA has been very nice. Yeah, is that your last name, Mark Zed? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> well, I'm glad to hear it's working out for you, Spawn. Um, happy, happy to hear it. Wait, how's the academy stuff going? I've not been paying attention. Yeah, really good. We're two zero at the moment. Uh, I feel like we're really progressing well. Uh, to be honest, like when I came over, I didn't know what to expect of Academy. Much like you, I didn't pay really all that much attention to it. I was more of an LCS fan. Um, so I, I've tried to get myself up to speed as quickly as possible. Um, I've got a really great uh, two-way coach whose name's Hacks Defender. Uh, he was an ex-rider, uh, and he's really helped me out a lot. Uh, and so far, like we're moving in the right direction. Hopefully we continue to improve and show some results on the board. Do you have a former rider on your staff? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, me and Chat, we just take all the rioters with us. Um, wow. That's that's how that's how it works. Holy moly! You guys are just going to form right. You, you, this is what you do. It's like whenever a bunch of people leave a company to start another company, and then they just get bought out by the original company again later on. Mm -hmm. I like it. Anyway, glad to hear it's going well. Congratulations on your wins. Uh, happy to hear it. So let's see. What do we got new news wise this week? Obviously, we have the big thing that happened that we'll have to get into later on, but. We we have Hundred Thieves versus Cloud Nine this coming week and EG versus TL. I think all like this is going to be a fun semifinals uh, for Locken. I'm kind of it does feel like the Locken tournament is starting to really like come into its own. I guess in a way that it didn't. You know, it didn't really feel that way in the first week. I thought it was good, but it didn't really feel like a tournament yet because everybody was just doing these best of ones. Yeah, I think um, even the best of threes that happened this weekend, which I don't know if you realize that that happened. Um, no, I know. I know. I realized it happened, but like they were, they were really like two game series uh, across the board, right? Or I guess other than the not, Cloud Nine one. Yeah, the Cloud Nine TSM one was the only one that felt like even a little bit close. Um, so I, I definitely was not super excited to watch just these stomps of not close games as Team Liquid like spawn. I don't know why, <laughs> but you guys did not seem to take this game super seriously. <laughs> Had a lot of fun, maybe. Uh, so I'm I'm happy to get better matchups. So the, the semifinals do look legitimately interesting. Like having hundred thieves for a C9, which is like a potential real semifinal matchup already happening, you know, two, three weeks into the season feels really nice. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I can play uh like play. I can talk to that a little bit. Uh because like I think that I, I've seen the comment a couple of times. I actually saw a comment around one of our Academy games as well. And, like, one of the big monikers that, like, Jat and I have at the moment as, like, the head coach of the main team, the head coach academy team, is, like, we want to be, like, way more aggressive than what we've been in the past. And we also want to play with, like, a ton more fun. And what we mean by that is, like, you know, obviously it's really serious. We're out there to win. We're out there to, like, be the best teams we can be. But we also want to play a really great brand of League of Legends, and we want our teams to be able to enjoy doing that. So that obviously doesn't mean trolling. But it does mean, like, you know, play, play on that edge of like that knife's edge and sometimes the players will tip over and sometimes it, it will go a little bit too far but we do want them to be able to enjoy the game and we do want them to be able to go out there and make their plays so i, I think that's what's really important to both of us actually yeah well i'm glad I'm... oh go ahead mark no i was gonna move on you had like a follow-up i think i actually have a follow-up i was gonna say i'm glad to hear that because i think um given the tournament is you know not that important honestly you know it's like you get side selection on your 
fifth time you play a best of one in the regular season, you know, it's like, okay, I guess, sure, fuck it, whatever. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see people pushing the boundaries a little bit more, um, especially given that a lot of the criticism of TL last year was like, oh, they're so slow. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see how things go. It's funny because some teams feel like they they have changed a lot, and other teams feel like they've stayed the same even when they've changed out all their players. So it's been interesting. So um, looking at the news from this past week, Captain Flyers goes freelance. I don't know if anybody cares about that. I mean, obviously people care about it. I don't know if anybody cares enough to like make a call about it. Um, I'm going to be interviewing him later this week, actually, tomorrow. We were supposed to do it today, and then he, he postponed. Uh, we had conversation about – actually, you know what? One Reddit thread that popped up that I thought was really interesting. I don't know if – we don't normally talk too much about the, the champions um, <laughs> and the game itself. You okay, Mark? Yeah, look at it. Spawn's face. You know what Reddit thread popped up? <laughs> they, I, I really enjoyed this Reddit thread that happened to, over the weekend that was about how six champions per year feels pretty excessive when we already have over 150. So I don't know. I think that's interesting. And then uh, there was the whole uh, Cloud9 drama that occurred. And the Reddit thread got deleted uh, by the OP, I think. But about the Academy player who who called or who um, got booted yeah. from the team just or it wasn't an academy it was amateur oh, okay. yep. amateur yeah. that got booted by the team uh very very quickly and so i don't know it's interesting to uh i don't know if anybody wants to talk about that this this call or have a call about it but i think that's all the big stuff am i forgetting anything wow it really has been a slow week huh i guess we can just end the show here uh, no, no. I mean, I think there's a lot to talk about after this weekend in particular. I mean, getting to see all the teams play in their best of threes. And I think we st- we can start making some decent assessments about the strength of these teams in a way that maybe we couldn't after the first weekend. But uh, but no, like, major breaking news, right? So, oh, Kelsey Moser to EG. Chat's right. That is pretty big news. Oh, yeah. Kelsey oh, Moser going to EG. Yeah. So, uh, cool. I think... Maybe that's that. I mean, is there anything you guys want to talk about from this weekend before we get into calls? What did you guys think of the games? Um, I thought the series were not very close this week. The TLC9 one was was the only legitimate one. Um, and that was pretty fun. Um, you know, back and forth, some good plays. I don't know. Overall, I enjoyed it. I, think I mean, we also had the hard. Friday games, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, FlyQuest went 2-0 for... Getting beat up by uh, Team Liquid. Jose Diodo has -hmm. arrived. He is the bread. Yeah. He's pretty good, to be honest. Actually, I I think he is actually pretty legit from what I've seen so far. Um, I'm I'm a big fan. I think I said it on the LCS as well. I think that that he is a good piece to be able to build around. And uh, I really do feel for the FlyQuest organization because it did seem like they had something really great going for them going into Worlds last year, they, they played actually a pretty good brand of League of Legends around, you know, POA and Santorin. So I'm glad that they do have that player to be able to build around. Overall, I'm kind of with Mark. I think that you can see, like, the class rising to the top. And I always say this, like, you know, good teams, they, they generally gel quicker um, just because you have so much more power to play through in the laning phase, and that makes the game, like, really, really simple. Um, which was why it was interesting to see Cloud9 like drop again because you look at the power of their laners and you know you look at Sven and Perks and you just think they should be able to brute force their way a couple of victories. But I do think that this tournament especially has played out pretty much to the script so far. I think that a lot of people would have predicted this to be the outcome so far. Yeah. 
Uh, I mean, a lot of, I don't think a lot of people had EG looking as good as they do. Really? I thought EG were actually sleeper a really good team. Like, I think their top side especially is, like, quite dangerous. Like, obviously, people will talk about Jizuke's form, and I think that's, like, valid criticism. But when the guy plays well, like, he's the Oath Slayer. I make this joke to my team all the time. Oceanic mid laners have nightmares about Jizuke after, like, how badly he was able to body armor in some of those games. Um, but, like, honestly, like, Impact's Vents current, that, that seems like a pretty good uh, team to me, like, Ignore being active on the map. Like, I'm a big AG I mean, fan. I don't think anybody was saying they were going to be bad. But, Mark, I don't think you had them... You had them pretty middle of the pack, right, in your power rankings? Which, admittedly, are the power rankings for the end of the regular... Oh, the caveats are coming already, Twitch chat. How many you want to add back? <laughs> it's like, hey, I think this is a good long-term investment. And it's like, but it lost me $2 this week, you fucking imbecile. <laughs> um, no, I think I, I still think that they, they showed up better than I would have expected. Uh, I was a little concerned about Jizuke's form. Honestly, you didn't even mention it, but definitely was, I think, the biggest question mark for myself and a lot of other people. The last time he was in the LCS was not a great time. I mean, he was not on a great team either, so like, mm -hmm. it wasn't just him, but uh, I think he's looked incredible so far um, in on EG. So, yeah, I think, like, yeah, Impact's better than... Or is, is probably got underrated a little bit just because of, like, some criticism about his play style, maybe, or, like, his champion pool, but, you know, he as a player has always been really good. Jizuke is playing well. He's not just like coin flipping shit, like on his Syndra games and stuff. He's not like getting caught out of position, generally playing pretty smart. Um, then the rest of the team is good players. Sven, Ignar, all really good, definitely playing well. So I, I definitely think they are better than I thought they would be. Yeah. Well, uh, maybe it's time to take calls. Mark, do you want to explain how the show works? Yes. If you've never seen this show before, it is a live call in show. That means you can come harass us. Uh, go ahead and join this Discord link, which I'm spamming in Twitch chat. Uh, once you get there, you're going to want to head into one of the voice chat channels, uh, Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2. Mute your microphone once you're in there for courtesy. And then the Pleb Topics text channel above it is where you're going to put your take. Uh, you think this player is playing great. You think this player is playing bad. You think EG is going to beat TL and upset them because they're stinky doo-doo with the head coach <laughs> of casters. Um, you know, whatever, whatever your take is, go ahead and post it. If I like it, you'll be pulled in the waiting room where you'll hang out until it's uh, your turn. And then we'll do a quick mic check and have you on air. Yeah, the mic check isn't really important, but chat, as you can see by me making it onto the show. And by the, by the way, I saw some people arguing that the Cloud9 drama wasn't actually drama. So I'm happy to take a call about that. And then if somebody thinks it is an issue, they can take that. I, I do think it's an interesting conversation to have for sure. And I was a little surprised, by the way, the one, I don't know if we'll get into it or not, but like Jack's responses, I think, did not do him any favors. I don't know if you guys saw his sort of responses to that Twitter thread, but it was, um, it was interesting to say the least. Uh, um, yeah, I think that's an interesting conversation. So, quick, quick interjection here about people posting in pleb topics. People are posting like a couple takes, like so people have changed their take a bunch of times within the last like 15 minutes. Don't do that. It's I haven't even like I haven't even finished pulling people yet. And you're already putting two or three takes, and I don't even know what the hell I pulled you for anymore. Don't do that. <laughs> Maybe an hour or two when you know I've gone well, through. We usually and initially, pull all in the beginning, right? I, I pull a bunch in the beginning of takes I like, and then I slowly monitor it over the course of the show. So like, if you don't get on right away, sure, put a new take in. But like, there wasn't even anywhere in the in, in the in the waiting room. People are putting in new takes yet. Yeah. Give, yeah. Give me One a minute here. Okay. Be linear. Like, stop being 4D people. Like, just be basic 2D people that we can. 
Have yeah. confidence in your first take. You know, what does it say about you that you're, you're second guessing? You're, oh, was that interesting enough? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, Mark, is, Mark is pulling, folks. Uh, while he's doing that, I'm going to read out some subs. Thank you. Oh, by the way, somebody sent, somebody donated. That never happens. I need to make sure I get better at noticing those. Fish doll, thank you for the $15. Says, hopefully we get some interesting takes tonight. Love the show. Thank you. And then we have... Like, trust me, dude. We wish for interesting takes way more than you do. <laughs> so true. Uh, Sandy Toast, thank you for the nine months. Uh, Perchy99, Eugene Eugene, Big Angry Hobo, Raul Santos, and Reti CS1. Uh, I think that's, uh, I think I caught up on everybody, right? Yeah. Can I have a take first? Uh, sure. My take is that hoodies with not full sleeves, so either like tank top hoodies or short sleeve hoodies, are so vastly superior to long sleeve hoodies. That's my take, Travis. I think I'm confused about. I've never. So admittedly, I've never worn like a short sleeve hoodie, but I'm very confused about the functionality of that article of clothing, because I just I don't understand what the point is. If the point is is to keep you warm, then like why, why have one that's short sleeve? Well, for me, right when I game, I don't like things on my wrist, so I take my watch off, for example. Okay. Um, so at a long sleeve hoodie, watch. Uh, yeah, mate, I got heaps of watches. I'm a watch. I'm the watch master. Uh, but yeah, so like with long sleeves, I have to like pull them up and then you stretch the wrist thing and then you have to wash them. Whereas this or tank top hoodies, like not only can you show another garment of clothing underneath, you can also gain very comfortably with it. So Why the you uh... wear a puppy vest then? Puffy, I do wear the uh, puffy vest, like a Catman do one or something like that. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm a dad of two kids. I'm allowed to wear that. I go That's hiking true. sometimes. You have children. You can you can yeah. have bad fashion. So a tail, they make their zip up and they give it like a special wrist mm -hmm. uh, thing so that uh, it doesn't bunch up that way. They've got like no, a custom No, but it does design. the opposite. It makes it so you can't pull it up. So I'm a bigger tail fan, like as well. I, I don't know if I can say that unless I can get five from TL for saying that, in which case. Fuck those guys. But, uh, yeah, uh, but they, they make them, like, tighter, don't they? Like, that was my understanding of the Atea design. You should you should try it. You can try Whenever COVID lifts, you can try my hoodie and you can see. But I think oh, yeah. I like I like it because I think it. if I'm using the mouse, it's it doesn't bunch up that way. Anyway, uh, Mark, you got some call for, calls for us? Yeah, someone's been in the room for, like, the last five minutes. Oh. <laughs> Quack is here. Quack, where are you calling from? Uh, Brisbane, Australia. Oh, hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Here Good we night, go. Mate. Hello. How uh, are we? Hello. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, so my take was that, um, C9 and TL's bot lanes, both, which are very, very good, haven't fully been tested yet. And this week we'll see them fully be tested and FBI and who will come out on top as well as DeMonte showing that he can keep up with the best mids of NA. Why do, why do you think they... Okay. First off, oh. I guess the DeMonte one is a hot I tip. like. I love the bait and switch where it's like, oh, Australian caller, fan of Spawn maybe? TL sucks. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah. why do you think they haven't been tested? Well, TL, right, they've faced 100 Thieves bot lane, and while they did first blood them level two, I think it was, straight away as soon as the game started, they still, with the help of DeMonte and Closer, went down in that matchup. 
Then they faced TSM Sport Lane, which hasn't looked very good with Johnson. I mean, not Johnson, sorry. Um, lost. lost looking lost and Sword Art not looking very good. And Golden Guardian Spot Lane, just obviously not still new and haven't been playing that well. Yeah. And I don't even want to start on CLG. So, what I mean, isn't the 100 Thieves... I want to go back to the 100 Thieves bot lane. I mean, that's considered to be one of the better bot lanes in the league. So that feels like it would be a test for them. You're just suggesting that the game turned away from it being like a, a 2v2 fight? Sorry, what, what, what do you mean by that? Sorry, you were <laughs> suggesting that, that Team Liquid in playing against 100T had not had their bot lane tested correctly, right? Yes, yeah, sorry. They, sorry, in that game they did, but... A lot of the talk, I feel like, has been about Core JJ and Tactical and Vulcan and Sven, and not many have, maybe some, but not many have been talking about 100 Thieves spot lane at the same level as both uh, TL and C9. Gotcha. And when they did get tested by 100 Thieves, they did end up losing. I mean, I think I can kick it off right, because I'm like, for those that don't know, uh, FBI played on a team called Sim Gaming in Oceania. Yeah. I watched him yeah. play and immediately took him to my team. So yeah. uh, I obviously think FBI is an insanely good AD carry. Uh, he's also a very close friend. Like if I was to get married tomorrow, I would hope FBI would be there and maybe even like stand it up there next to me. Because like I mean, they get along very, very well, right? Yeah. Um, he as well, I think is like sleeper underrated, especially on set. Like he is actually like yeah. an insanely good support. I don't think anyone sleeps on that bottom lane. However, as my man Conor McGregor said before he got knocked out, there's levels to this shit. Uh, and like, Core JJ is a literal world champion, and I think Tactical at the moment as well has just shown really great diversity in play styles. So I, I do think that, like, once again, like, I would say that FBI and Huki on their best days can make a claim of being the best bottom lane in the LCS. And I don't think many people debate that anymore. Like I remember when FBI first came over, I had to like slap Mark and Kobe around the head and be like, FBI is good. And they're like, no, he's not. He's some washed up kid from Oceania. I'm like, he's good. God Mark damn it. said FBI was a washed up kid from Oceania. And so did Kobe. Uh, and, uh, thanks for putting this I think that were their exact words. Uh, but like, I do think that- Flip uh, it. Tactical and Core have shown that they are just like incredibly cohesive. They're really hard work. I agree. Um, and I think that they're like way more dynamic in the lane affairs, especially. Vulcan is interesting to me because like I for me, it's not like Sven Vulcan that is scary, and I don't know what you think about this, Mark. It's like Sven is scary and Vulcan on map is like terrifying. Like I think he's like really, really good outside of that. I don't really view them as like a straight up two v two powerhouse duo. I view them more as like what they do for the rest of the Cloud9 lineup. And I do think they're pretty good as well. Yeah, I think it also feels like Vulcan has like his SSS tier Alistar shit, and maybe he's not quite as impactful. I mean, he, he hasn't played a ton of other stuff right now. I thought his Leona was fine. Um, his Nautilus game this weekend was not great, um, but they also just had a tough comp. So, like, I don't know. I mean, Vulcan's obviously incredible, um, but I just I agree that he's probably not as threatening in lane as core jj and tactical have been um tactical is the only person really playing samira right now in, in na um he seems to be the only one to be able to make it work it was played a little bit more in week one and people kind of bounced off it pretty quick um that's not true we have a win on tla with it as well thank you very much but continue <laughs> I, I only watched the big league now. Talking about lcs <laughs> he um, said na travis he's not talking about lcs continue mark 
Same way when I talk about Korea and like trends there, I'm definitely talking about, you know, the developmental teams in Korea <laughs> and not just the LCK, which I'm watching. Uh, yeah. So I think, um, I, I think that is true to like the whole playstyle point. Like they are way more aggressive in lane. They've got solo kill or I guess 2v2 kills in five out of their six games so far um, for TL spot lane. So like they are bringing the aggression on a, a higher level. Um, and so I, I hope they can keep it up. But I think in series, now that I, I expect TL, you know, we're talking about playing fast and stuff against FlyQuest, we'll probably have to play a little bit more respectfully versus EG. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it slows down a little bit. But I think that they've been tested, you know, plenty, given that they played at Worlds and did okay. What about DeMonte? He's good. So, uh, well, Quack, what were you going to say? Can you expand on your DeMonte point a bit since we talked so, about So, well, at the moment, although this isn't really a stat that tells anything, he does have the highest KDA out of all the mid laners in NA. And although that's mostly due to him playing TF and just getting 70 assists every game, um, his ability to not lose lane or lose gracefully against just about everyone he's played so far is severely underrated and his ability to sack himself to help the rest of the teammates is really underrated. And you think this weekend he will? He will show up well against both, if, assuming they win both games against Perks and Jensen. So you yeah. think uh, they'll beat Cloud9 and make it to the finals? And Yes, I do beat... believe that they will beat Cloud9 and then they will be tail in the final. So 100 Thieves is your pick to win the locker yes. tournament? Yes. Definitely not 100 Thieves, son. Off, off the back of DeMonte? Off the, off the back of DeMonte and the bot lane of 100 Thieves. You want to hear my, my pessimistic DeMonte hater take? Yeah. Of course. Because you, you go back and forth. Like, Mark, you switch so much on DeMonte. <laughs> I feel like I, I, I usually am actually somewhere in the middle, but I like to, to go more to one side yeah, or the yeah. other. <laughs> uh, so here's my like overly negative and not what I actually think take, but here's what the critics are going to say by week week nine or, or whatever, the LCS, is that, of course, he looked good in the beginning. 100 Thieves had the most pre-built synergy in the entire league, and it's literally DeMonte's meta of Galio and TF, and people are not banning it against him yet. So he gets to two-trick those champions and look good, mm -hmm. just running around the map following Closer, as Closer does all the hard work. That's a, that's a verbatim Reddit comment eight months from now when they miss Worlds. I think it was a verbatim comment from literally three days ago. <laughs> I don't think you need to say that. Like, the, the thing about DeMonte is, like, if you look at his landing stats, they're pretty good at the moment. Uh, as, as you mentioned, Caller, that I can't remember your name. I think it was Quack, which is a cool name. Um, like, I think that, like, he, he's got good kill participation. He's got good KDA. He's playing quite well. Uh, but, like, at the end of the day, like, he has two awesome side lanes. So, like, can you really fault the guy of, like, playing True. towards it? Like, what do you want yeah, him to be? Do you want right. to be that annoying solo queue player where, like, you know, top lane is getting solo kills, mid lane, uh, bottom lane is getting solo kills, jungler is doing fine, and then, like, the mid laner is just randomly, like, running in and trying to also be a carry and just inting his ass off. Like, he, he plays a good team game of League of Legends. And I think the thing about Demonte that people sleep on is there have been situations where he has needed to step up and play better, and he's been able to do that at the moment. So I'm a bit of a Demonte fan. I hang out his stream every now and again, so... I do think he's pretty good. I can't wait out to, to clip out the uh, the Mark statement a second ago, without the context of him saying, 
this is what people are going to say, and then I'm just going to tweet at that and then tag DeMonte <laughs> and be like, this is I, I tweeted at him the previous episode where I told <laughs> I said I was going to put him seventh no matter what on my power <laughs> ranking of mid laners. <laughs> tier list. Right. Nice. Uh, anyway. Okay, well, so, I mean, it does sound like there's a lot at stake here this weekend for DeMonte uh, because he it's going to be difficult for him. He has to sort of prove himself in a way that by Jensen, like, let's be real. Like (laughs) once again, that's my man. Conor McGregor said there's levels to this shit, Travis. Mark, how do you feel about Jensen's performance this past weekend? Because it felt like people were, uh, kind of skeptical about him after the first weekend. I mean, kind of what spawn was saying about like, you got these winning side lanes and stuff. I feel like he's kind of just playing control mages and like big chilling in the mid lane playing pretty well. While like Alfari gets a 20 CS lead and his bot lane's like double killing people fucking nonstop. Like, I don't think he's being pressed to do very much, and um, but he's doing well. Like, I, I don't have anything to criticize him really for other than like he's maybe the most like forgettable player on TL right now. With like, because because usually Santorin and Core JJ are working really well together. Their their Leona Talia combination was fucking disgusting. Um, you know, so like, it's not really a criticism of Jensen, though. You know, it's just like there's more interesting things happening elsewhere. By the way, on the broadcast, I just noticed Spark crashing said this in, in chat. He says, "Why did Emily call him Jensen?" It was funny because um, uh, I was watching Peter's co-stream, and he was like, "What? No one calls him Jensen. Everyone calls him Jensen." Blah blah. blah. And then I was interviewing Santorin, and I'm pretty sure I need to go back and watch it again. But I'm pretty sure Santorin called him Jensen in the video. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like Danish people are going to say it, like with the JY sound, and like whenever I do it, Cold just is like, "You do not sound Danish at all," which yeah. is hilarious, right? Um, but the, the reason they probably call each other like you know more of that is because I, my understanding is that when they do all and stuff, they actually sit in Discord and speak Danish to each other, and Cold will jump jump in there and they'll have like a full Danish party and. Yeah. Exclude all the people that can't speak Danish. Yeah. Well, people are going to get real big mad about it, apparently. All right. Uh, oh, Mark? Shit. I was going to say something else, but I, now I don't remember what it is. About Jensen? Oh, I was. Oh, no, no, no. About um, the importance of this weekend. You said, like, Demonte's going to have a big weekend yeah. ahead of him. I think it actually will be a pretty important weekend because people will ride these, like, they will mm-hmm. use this as their evidence for quite some time because it'll be more impactful than week one. Best of ones coming back, you know? I think. Um, if Demonte goes out there and has a bad weekend, you know, people will care more about that than what he did for a little while, what he does for a little while. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll have to see how it goes. Uh, thank you so much, Quack, for the call. Anything you want to shout out uh, before we move on to the next caller? Uh, just shout out to Spawn, uh, FBI, all the Oceanic players and staff who are in NA now. Sort of got the short end of the stick with OCE shutting down, but good to see a lot of success now in NA. Nice. Yeah, I'm, it's fun to have you call in as our first caller as we're talking to Spawn. So thanks so much for the call. Thanks. Cheers, yeah. Have a good one. All right. Uh, moving on to the next caller. Uh, Slummy Broom, thank you for the prime. Nunuko for two years. Kaladin got the big sad. Uh, great name. Wish Mark was in the channel to hear it. Spawn not paying attention. Uh, Baby Grandpa ninety three, uh, Lucasio XD for six months, and Baby Cold Cut Meats. 
Did you, did you hear Kaladin got the big sad spawn? Do you get that reference? No, I actually I haven't read the book. I'm starting from scratch. So I had something else to read a little while ago before it happened. So then I just uh, finished whatever I had to read, and then I started uh, Sanderson from scratch again. Well, Kaladin has got the big sad in every book, so it's not yeah, it's not it's not a spoiler thing? for this book to oh. say he's got the big sad. Like, do you know the thing? I don't know whether we want to get into this. I feel like I need a full show on your other uh, Twitch channel or whatever channel? This YouTube channel. Yeah, but I'm not a huge fan of Wayfarer Redemption or whatever it's called. Rereading it, I've just realized. What are you right. talking about? Like, Way of Kings? Way of Kings, Way of Kings, Stormlight Archives. Is that what it's called? Storm, Stormlight Archives? Well, you just yeah, said you're not a fan of Stormlight Archives? Uh, but you also just said called it Way Wayfarer Redemption? I, I don't know. Is there another series that's called that? You don't. Um, you're like, clearly, you're not even reading this book because you don't even know no, what it's called. I know who Kaladin is. Like, I'm not a big fan of uh, Planet oh. Battles. Is that what it's called? Um, um, no, dude, I I'm, fucking hate Name of the Sand. <laughs> book sucks. Well, I've read so many books, guys. I'm so literate that I just can't remember the names. Yeah, I'm you can so tell how it ranks high in literacy, low in reading comprehension. Clearly, correct. Uh, whatever like all i'm saying is like I, I it's not my favorite i like i still i've read mistborn like maybe five times or something now i still prefer mistborn oh my like, god this one community Wait, is here community where are you calling from um i'm calling from san bernardino county california san bernardino county a beautiful place uh you've called in before yes uh yes what do you want to talk about on the show um what I want to talk about is that Immortals using their Academy roster for the last couple games of Lockdown Tournament is amazing and for, excuse me, is amazing for helping Academy talent develop. And I hope that it in the future leads to the Lockdown Tournament being more like the Kespa Cup in the LCK where a couple of teams play with their Academy rosters. Uh, yeah, I've actually seen a lot of people feel pretty upset about it, but I tweeted... Uh, something I think at the end of the first week of lock-in where I said that I was I was kind of I I wondered if it would have been smarter for CLG to mm -hmm. run their academy roster given that they had multiple players missing and I think that just like getting demolished in a opening tournament like this when you don't even have your full roster might not be like I I am curious how much CLG is benefiting from having participated in this for, with their My roster. My understanding is CLG had to do the mixed thing because uh, Robert Katsuri and Romeo Thien were both uh, still in O's. So they, they probably had to do mix, um, who I believe is CLG. Oh, Academy so they didn't even have the full Academy team. Yeah, so I believe they had like the zombie squad of like, you know, they had to mishmash both of them together. Um, but I like this take. Uh, I actually, Jack and I talked about this a lot as well because we had at one point, uh, Alfari and Santorin both struggling to get into USA. Um, you know, it, it was just always a matter of time, but we just didn't know whether they were going to make it on time. Um, and we were like, what is a, you know, what's a turning point where we just feel, you know, academy? Um, and, and we decided, you know, majority of the LCS squad was going to be good. We thought our mayor, you know, and Jenkins would both rise to the occasion. Obviously, it was great that Barney got here in time and uh, Alfari was able to play because he's just an absolute superstar and it's really fun to get him to watch play League of Legends. But I kind of like this take because like, I, I think that A, the gap between LCS and Academy isn't like, you know, it's not the Grand Canyon. Like there is a gap, I think, but you know, you can be competitive. Um, and I also think that people don't understand like 
actually how hard it is to integrate new people into the lineup and like change lineups consistently. And I actually think Santorin spoke about this in one of his interviews, maybe even did with you, Travis, if you wanted to check it out on Travis's YouTube, um, where he was as involved as he could be. He changed his full sleep schedule. Uh, he watched every single scrim. He was talking to our mayor like a lot. He was really involved with uh, Cold and Jat with all of the reviews. And even him coming into the lineup was a big change for him. In fact, we had to go over like a couple of same concepts and stuff and reintegrate them with Santorin. And Santorin's a fantastic jungler. So I, I really value synergy in League of Legends at the moment. And I do believe if there's only like two or like three LCS players playing, but you have five full academy players that you can play with, there is a really good argument that you should value the synergy and play with the five academy players. Yeah, I it wasn't my interview, by the way. Everybody should go watch that interview because it's very good. And uh, Santorin seems very happy in it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. And I think it's really interesting to see uh, I think it's really interesting to see how that's it's playing out. I, I had a tweet. I'm trying to find somebody tweeted at me and they were like, hey, I'm really worried about this long term because I think there's a world where, you know, we have all of the teams in North America competing in this thing are like the, the academy teams. And it just becomes an academy tournament while everybody else is in Korea. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Uh, Andy Tenholder tweeted at me and said, uh. Uh, would love take on IMT using Academy team. I think it's a bad precedent next year. Half the league will be scrimming in Korea during lock-in. Uh, it's also a massive FU to Riot and the other orgs. Most of their roster is here, yet they decide to give Academy team experience. Makes the tournament look unimportant, unimportant which is a bad bad for the league credibility and sponsorships. Uh, short, selfish, short-sighted move should be punished. So this person has a very strong take on it. Um, bad that person for Twitter. Andy, uh, hopefully you appreciate that you asked for this. So we've, I'm bringing it up as a counterpoint to community. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just really disagree with it. I think um, I think it's completely fine. I don't think it's it's that offensive. I don't think, first off, it. I think it would be weird if Cloud9, TL, and TSM were all running their academy teams right now. But I bet you, no offense to Immortals, but I bet you, if you ask most of the people watching this tournament if they realize that's not the Immortals main roster, they would have no idea. So I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. I don't think it's actually hurt the league very much. The only thing I'd say is how much do you think, like, what was it, two games of the full Academy team or one? Two. Two, yeah, just that series. All right, no, I guess three because they played on Friday as well. Mm -hmm. um, like, how much does that actually help them? Um because I, I know there's always been like that, like then they're going to get so much experience and they'll level them up a ton. And no, I think it helps. Not it's not that. So I'll explain it to you really quickly. So like when uh, Jenkins and Armeo were playing with the main lineup, we couldn't scrim. So even though I had my full team here, mm -hmm. it actually hurt the academy practice because my guys couldn't scrim at all. So what I'm saying is I value... So what I assume Immortals did is they just scrimmed their academy team and their LCS team probably played solo queue or helped out and did some positional coaching or whatever they wanted to do during that time, right? Maybe they did a whole bunch of front-loaded sponsorship commitment so they didn't have to do that during the regular season. But it's that, that it's not the actual games that are important. It's not the stage right? games, right? Yeah, it's the scrims leading up to that that you're really disrupting. We only had two days of academy scrims with our lineup. Uh, shout out to Honori who actually filled in while we were playing with, uh, while Armeo was with the main team um, that, that really probably put you behind the eight ball for Academy. And Academy is only five weeks long uh, this time around before you qualify into the Proving Grounds tournament. Um, so I actually think Academy this year like holds a lot of weight because five weeks, single round robin, it, it's a really stressful tournament for 
moment for a lot of the academy guys. So is there a world where because like you're actually they're screwing their LCS team a ton because the LCS I mean obviously they didn't have the players the full but roster yeah, regardless but anyway, right? so like you have to relearn it as the LCS lineup anyway. So like yeah. say like even if it's sixty percent efficiency versus hundred, I, I you can probably tell how passionate I am. I had this conversation lots internally as well. Uh, and I obviously lost. Um, but because uh, <laughs> praise be to chat. Um, but yeah, I, I do think that the scrim efficiency for the academy team, there's a really good argument for it. I'm not saying it's right. Um, I'm saying, you know, the, the other person could be exactly right, but I don't think it's like that black and white that it's offensive that they play. And <laughs> ban them. Um, so, community, it seems like we're in general agreement with you here. Um, I don't know. Do you, is there anything we said that you think is, where, are we missing anything? Um, no, nothing really. Does the, um, the point about scrims was really interesting because I'd never considered how it affected things behind the scenes really. So that makes me think it's even more valuable that Immortals did that for their academy roster, considering yeah. they're 2-0 right now. Pretty good. Is there uh, anything you want to shout out community before we take a quick break? Um, yeah, because I promised them that I would do it. I want to shout out a uh, Dargor from the uh, 100 Thieves Discord. Very good. Uh, shout out to Dark. Uh, thank you, community, so much for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break to talk about Alienware. Alienware is fantastic. Let me tell you about how fantastic they are. You should go over to Alienware.com slash Travis. You'll see some of the fantastic products of theirs that we use every day here at Travis Gafford Industries. Uh, Spawn currently holding up an Alienware keyboard while sitting in an Alienware chair. There's like, you can see Alienware as a logo on the left, on the, on the side. It's very impressive. Uh, and there's the laptop again, man. He just makes it so easy for me to do this job. Is that the, is that the 15 or the 17? This is a uh, 15 and I've got a 17 downstairs. Jeez. It's a little extra. I don't even have a 15 and a 17. Uh, anyway, you can use Travis 10 off Q4, uh, to save 10% off your order or more of their products, but they've got some really awesome stuff. Um, I would heck highly recommend people go look at the, um, Tom's hardware reviews for some of their monitors recently. If you want to get oh. an idea on the how great they are, uh, Spawn, you're you're very excited about about a situation here. You're showing a very blurry image of two two Alienware monitors, but clearly you like them. Uh, uh, absolutely, we got the new 360 uh, yes. downstairs, uh, and they are literally game changing. Chat like I cannot rave about their monitors. Like when we when we uh, survey players about like what's their favorite thing from Alienware. Uh, if they've got a laptop, generally it's a laptop. If not, everyone just loves it. Yeah. Well, either way, uh, they've got some really awesome stuff, and they're beautiful. I, I'm so happy they they uh, upgraded to this Legend Design stuff because while their their previous design looked really great, uh, I love the new look of all their their stuff that they've been rolling out for the past year. So go go just take a look at it, see what you you think. Obviously, maybe you don't need to to get anything now, but just take a look at the stuff. It really helps us out. And again, you can do that Alienware.com/slash/travis. There's a link in the description below and we thank them so much for their support of the show and so much of what we do here at tgi mark you want to go grab the uh, next caller yeah well, that was enthusiastic <laughs> he lives for this show Travis. do you think you'll decorate your room at all spawn because right now it just looks very empty what yeah <laughs> um no i really want to actually I, I was actually thinking that myself like that's a perfect uh spot for a bookcase bring some physical books over 
Um, it's going to be hard being between two homes, but I do want this to feel more like home than what yeah. it currently feels. You want to see? Um, I know that you hate this uh, series, but I now have Ooh. the uh, hey, that's nice. the the new uh, hardcover that I I tried to show on the last week's show, and then Mark was disinterested. But the Way of Kings now comes out. Uh, it's now available in the hardcover version. It's beautiful. See, so. I don't hate it, Travis. Like, don't don't put words in my mouth. It's just people say that this is like the second coming of like Lord of the Rings. And I agree. It's way better than Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is very dated. Uh, I love Lord of the Rings, but uh, in the same way I love like Rear Window, you know. It's yeah, just, no, uh, exactly right. But like, so like, but what I'm saying is like, I just don't think that this book that that is a very nice book. That actually a very very nice book. I might come take that book. We have a call. Um, you guys want to? Yeah, do we your, could, do we your book. This is now Hotline thing. Books. Uh, <laughs> With Spawn and Travis and Mark Z, feel free to call in and give your take on uh, The Way of Kings and whether or not it's the new Lord of the Rings. Uh, Chucho is here. Chucho, where are you calling from? Uh, hello, I'm calling from Mexico. Mexico. Nice. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about, about FlyQuest and the LCS being very welcoming of the Latin American fans. Like this weekend on Twitter, they have been like tweeting in Spanish and English, and they have been embracing the, the memes of Jose Diodo. Yeah, well, uh, by the way, I'm kind of curious, Chucho, do you normally watch the LCS? I assume you watched it this past weekend. Uh, yeah, I'm long-time LCS watcher. So it must it must mean a lot for you to have Jose Diodo in and like FlyQuest uh, reaching out to that audience. Uh, it does indeed, yeah. So what, um, I mean, so it sounds like it's really exciting for you to have them doing this stuff. Uh, I'm, by the way, I'm seeing, I'm seeing some of the memes on their, their Twitter. I don't know if I recognize all of them, but maybe you can help explain some of the memes. That would be nice. Uh, well, uh, the, one of the most famous one is San Josecito. Uh, it's a saint figure since Latin America is a very religious region. And uh, Jose de Ogo, uh, like the Ogo face. <laughs> okay, okay. I see. That's what I'm seeing. The Viva San Jose, Jose Sisoto, Jose. Yeah, is that how you say Jose? Jose Cito. Jose Cito de Ogo. Uh, very. Mm -hmm. I. I'm important. I've actually. I didn't. I missed these. These are fantastic. Um. So it's just you. You were saying it's just been nice for you to have, uh, FlyQuest doing this. Uh, yeah, and also the LCS account has been tweeting sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so, no, I mean, I'm really enjoying uh, having him join and really enjoying him be part of the LCS. I mean, Mark, how much do you guys talk about sort of building Jose Diodo uh, on the broadcast and sort of embracing the memes and everything? Mark, you're <laughs> muted. Yeah, we... We talked about it a lot, <laughs> um, both him and even Newbie, uh, but a little bit more Jose Diodo, just with his like more recent worlds uh, pop off a little bit. That we we were definitely gonna talk about him and want to build him up as a pretty and anyway, not even build him up. But, like this is true. He's probably along with Licorice, two of the most important players on that FlyQuest lineup. If they're gonna do well this this split, so um, we have been talking about building him up. But like I don't think we were necessarily ready for the memes. I don't know if you saw Travis or or the caller, but like the 
we had Azale read the copy pasta of like who is Jose Diodo <laughs> for the blind he is the light for the hungry he is bread or whatever so like I, we've been trying to lean into them and keep up a little bit but I, I didn't see this FlyQuest stuff which is really cool yeah I uh there's a lot of very interesting stuff on here I don't even can you explain Chucho the bee meme where he's a bee is that just it's a Twitch chat copy pasta uh, I think it's for the FlyQuest uh, yeah. bee Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. It's a merger this year. of the yeah. of the B quest uh, mm -hmm. thing. Very fantastic. Um, can you actually, Chicho, for the for the uninformed uh, that are not familiar with sort of uh, the Latin uh, America community's impression of Jose Diodo, what what is his reputation there? How much do you guys you know support him, and what is sort of his status? Well, he's the last champion from Latin America. He is like the, the new blood. Uh, many of you may know Seiya. Like he's like his successor. Gotcha. So that he's just a very, he's become very popular there. Why are there so many memes about him? Do people just think he's a very memeable person? Yeah. I, I think it's just the Latin American culture, like very jokey. Yeah. So one of the things that I love is I was talking to, who was I talking to? I did an interview or something with somebody this weekend and people were just calling him where they, I think they were calling him Brandon because I think that's his name. It's his real name. Yeah. And so they just all apparently call him Brandon internally. And I'm like, I told them, I'm trying to remember who it was. Was it diamond? I think I interviewed diamond. I was like, please don't ever call him Brandon again. Jose Diodo is such like this epic name. And so when you're just like, oh yeah, I was talking to Brandon. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. I want to hear you, you say like Jose Diodo. Uh, so either way, it's uh, it's been very fun to see him him join up. Um, Chucho, what do you do? You think that there'll be more people who watch the LCS now because of his inclusion in it? Uh, I think so, yes. They also push back the Latin America League a few hours, so they don't overlap a lot with the LCS, so I think that may also help. That's cool. Is there anybody who commentates LCS in in Spanish? I don't think so. Yeah, I know that they had mentioned that, um, and in, there was a, somebody who asked that in like a press conference with Commissioner Greeley, because obviously in LCS or sorry, LEC, they translate the the league into so many different languages. But there are a lot of Spanish speakers in the U.S. And then obviously um, yeah. with Latin America and all that stuff, you would hope that they would be able to start a, a Spanish language stream of the LCS to kind of better allow those people to watch. Yes. So. Are they for in the future? Uh, 1997 in Twitch chat, Chicho wants to know if Latin American viewers are mad that he left for LCS at all. Mm, I don't think so. I think uh, everyone is being really supportive. Like we want one of us to do good in one of the major leagues. Yeah, that's cool. It's cool to see that. Uh, Mark or or Spawn, I don't know if you guys have any takes on Jose Diodo or anything you want to say before we wrap up the call. No, I mean, I'm excited. Uh, I think I, I think myself and a lot of fans of just LCS are happy when one of the minor regions has a player that pops off. Like, I think everyone was like, oh, sick, FBI is dope. And I think you saw how much 
of an opportunity. I mean, obviously a lot of that came from the fact that the OPL uh, got shut down and they got made NA residents that like there were a lot more chances given to OPL prospects, but I don't think it would have been quite so significant if, if FBI didn't have a great split right before that happened. Um, and so, you know, if newbie does well and if um, Jose Diodo do well, I think you can expect more of those kinds of players like Rainbow Seven, they were so dominant for so long, you know, like I bet some of those players <laughs> probably should have been tried like imported earlier and given it, given it a chance. Um, yeah. Either way, uh, Chucho, thank you so much for the call. I'm glad we got a Jose Diodo take this, this week, a Brandon take. Is there anything you want to say um, or shout out Chucho? Uh, shout out to all the Latin American fans and Latin American community and FlyQuest and Jose Diodo. Very good. <laughs> Good shout outs. Hey, thank you so much, Chucho, for the call, and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for having me. Yeah. It's always fun to hear uh, whenever we have folks international. About, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I always like, man, FlyQuest always has their social media game on point. I w you say I, always, but remember. Well, I mean, this for the past year, like they, they, they did a complete 180, but yeah. since the rebrand, yeah, yeah, like having, having the, like tweeting in, in dual languages, I think is like, oh, yeah. Like it's so obvious in hindsight, but I think a lot of people would have missed that opportunity. Yeah, no, very true. All right. Uh, some more subs. Thank you to Jack Knight Flame, uh, Da Pooper, uh, M Man 9000, Whoopley for 13 months. Thank you, Whoopley. And Blaine Blasphemy, who gave out a sub. That's very generous of them. Uh, Mahmood is here. Mahmood, where are you calling from? Ah, it sounds so good to hear this again. Uh, calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Phoenix, Arizona. Well, welcome to the show. Wait, Spawn, were you on when Mahmood called the first time? No, I wasn't. Okay. Well, welcome, welcome Mahmood, back to the show. Hello, um, Spawn. What, what do you want to talk about this week, Mahmood? Uh, so my initial take uh, was... Uh, uh, Burks uh, well, and C9 together. Uh, they're a bit sandbagging the lock-in tournament. Uh, and I mean, this is like, it's it's obvious, you know, uh, really they're not playing their best, you know, Fudge is a bit uh, trolling in the top lane, uh, Blabber still, uh, he's not really, I expected Burks to, you know, be making huge changes, but it really seems he's kind of hinting here and there every now and then, like he was uh, in the previous years, and uh, Burks is also kind of hinting, honestly, I'm not going to be uh, a troll, but you know, once again, guys, you know, he's coming from a different culture, you know, different, uh, he has to adapt, so, you know, it, it's expected, and uh, Sven really not on top of his game as well, uh, really, Vulcan, in some of the games, he was just like the Alistar game against uh, TSM, oh my goodness, he was solo carrying the team fights, and he was making so many good uh, rotations, and Lane, he was just bombing off, like, he's really, like, the best player uh, on the team right now, uh, performing-wise, uh, so... You know, that was my take. A bit of a troll take because I really just wanted to get on, you know, hear your guys' voices, maybe talk to Zbon a bit, but yeah. <laughs> well, do you not, I mean, do you actually, so when you said Cloud9 is sandbagging, um, usually when people say they're sandbagging, it means like they're intentionally playing worse than they are capable of. Like maybe they're not, you know, tryharding. Uh, do you think that that's true or do you think that like this is, like they're struggling, they're legitimately struggling? Well, I think some champion picks, you know, like Fajon, uh, Aatrox, uh, is like a bit troll. So, like, yeah, definitely some drafting uh, issues. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this is mainly the draft. Of course, in play, 
it's hard to say, right? If they are uh, if they are tryharding or not, right? Uh, in play, maybe they're going for some special plays, you know, here and there, maybe trying to do some different things. But really, at the end of the day, like uh, they're most likely just playing bad as a team together. Uh, but in terms of draft, uh, which any really has a big problem with uh, with draft. If you watch Ellis uh, co streams, you know he will always be the one to point him out with uh, Lemon uh, and Crowny, of course. So uh, yeah. So you... I'm going to jump in there on the Aatrox point real quick because this is this is a personal issue, Travis. So my team in 2019 actually eliminated Mammoth from the OPL playoffs. That was the team that Fudge was on. And then in Split 2, uh, the tournament that obviously leads to Worlds, uh, we were left like 4,000 gold, Fudge played Aatrox, and he absolutely destroyed my team single-handedly 1v9, ran over the whole game, broke my team's mental so much that literally we could not play the next two games. In fact, we ended up playing Tristana top, Cassiopeia bottom in Game <laughs> 3 to try and recover some mental stability. Um, and he is just an absolute monster on that pick. So I do think that Fudge, like a lot of uh, Cloud9 people would probably be watching and be like, you know, he looks very stable on Orn. Historically, he's played things like Scion and Solo Q pretty well. Like he, he does play tanks very well, especially when King was his AD carry on Cloud9 Academy. But this guy, it is roots. Like he is just like a 1v9 like carry pop-off player. Like loves things like Gangplank, Fiora, Camille, Aatrox, Jace. That, that's kind of his wheelhouse back from Oceania. Uh, in terms of the perks uh like sandbagging i don't think they're sandbagging but i also don't think that they're like one of those teams that would be in a panic for things to be right week one i think that when you pick up someone like perks you can really invest into like trusting the process and being good by worlds just because his track record in winning is so damn good so like i just think that like if i picked up perks like i would not have any sense of panic if like it wasn't going well first week of scrim because like you get him to win worlds, don't you? Like, you get him to win international tournaments. And I think by that time, like, they've got a very talented lineup. They should be thereabouts. I was going to say, Mahmood, in our first our first call with you, you were a huge Perks proponent. I think your first call was about Perks, right? Your second was about LS? Uh, so, uh, no, no, no. First was uh, LS and oh, second, second was Your Perks. second call yeah, then. It was, yes. You I was were all about. on board the Perks hype train. So I'm going to ask, do you feel like... Is it slowing down? Yeah, is it slowing down? Well, uh, you know, Travis and Mark and Svan, well, okay, so let's see this, right? You know, I was on, it was going shoo, 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 going crazy, you know, we're going at 100 kilometers, and uh, now, yeah, you can say it has slowed down, and, you know, I can always fall back to this, you know, they're waiting for when it really matters, you know, and now I need a bit of a refresher on the like new LCS. I'm still getting used to it. So this lock-in, it's not too important, right? Or is it a lot of important? Uh, it's not very important, no. Okay, so it's kind of, yeah. So, I mean, really, you don't need to try, right? You don't need to try in this. And uh, w what does matter, right? There is a playoffs for um, uh, MSI, correct? Yeah. Yep. So, you know, wait till then, okay? Just wait the, uh, till then and everything will be okay, okay? Then we can start it up again. You know, right now, it's like, you know, uh, it's just red light right now. It's just red light. We're stopping, you know, uh, traffic is slowing down. It's okay. Everything's okay. Mom, what, what if what if they don't do well at the spring tournament? Because you're saying by spring, you know, that's when we'll know. They'll be fine. What if spring tournament runs around? They're like fifth, sixth in the regular season. They get knocked out, maybe like, first round of that of that yeah. tournament are you hopping off the hype train or are you still riding it into summer like what is Mahmood's hype train uh you know 
I think at this point I'm I used to be like a TL fan, you know, I love their CSGO team and uh, <laughs> I love their I used to love their uh, league team and now you know I I have to go with C9 throughout the entire year so it's going to be Berks, Berks, Berks all the way, my friend. I'm sorry, uh, who is the midlander for the... Oh, yeah, Jensen. Yes, okay, Jensen. And I forgot who is the coach. Oh, yes, Jat. it's Jat. Yes, Jat. Uh, so, yeah. Season two was a long time ago, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, good to know. I think it's interesting because I don't remember the last time in... I guess we get this as part of like the G2 carryover. Because I don't remember the, any other time really in LCS where we've ever said like, eh, sure this team doesn't look that great, but who cares? They're gonna look great later. Um, and I know that's not what people are saying about Cloud Nine, but they're not. I think a lot of people are saying they're not meeting the initial expectations that that team had. And I, it's surprising to me, maybe not surprising, but it's interesting to me to see that we're giving them the same kind of benefit of the doubt that like G two usually gets. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, sorry, you continue. I was going to say, I, th I think that has happened in the past quite a bit. Like, TSM rosters would be given quite a bit of benefit of the doubt. Even if they didn't come around, like, 2016 spring when they got Yellow Star, you know, people were like, ah, they'll figure it out. And they, they, they sort of did. They made that finals, I believe. Yeah, I mean, that's a good lost. point. So, like, I think some teams in the past have been given that benefit of the doubt. I think TL got it last last split um, in spring for quite a while. When well, because Broxa, yeah. It was like, oh, Brox is not here, and then, ah, oh, Double not really trying. They'll turn it around. It's like, oh, shit, they got ninth. You know, like... Hey, uh, hey, one split, then by summer, Brox said, by then summer. Then they turned it around <laughs> once they made roster changes. <laughs> yeah, so, and I mean, really, like, uh, it's like they're in semis right now, and it's like they're inting so hard. So, like, I mean, it's still pretty good, and they're, they're performing so bad right now. Like, definitely yeah. not at their week. And, I mean, you could say this about every team. So, I guess, you know, but, uh, you know, I saw a take uh, in here, you know, it's like 100 Thieves is playing at their week, but uh, we're getting into another thing. But, yeah, I mean, uh, really, they're just... I don't know. I, I trust in Berks. That is it. I trust in Berks. He's the best leader, best captain. I trust him. If I was uh, a soldier behind him, I would be charging. I would be the first one. <laughs> But you still don't think that – so it sounds like you are you trust them even though you've been a little disappointed in them. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, their play has not – I thought it was going to be clean. But yeah. I think this is a lot to – this is too much to expect, you know. Uh, it's the first tournament. Maybe maybe Fudge is having a bit of uh, nervous uh, – probably not, but maybe, you know. We don't know what is going on behind the scenes. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you so much, Mahmoud, for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? Uh, yeah, so I just want to, you know, uh, living in America right now, you know, it's kind of crazy. I've been, you know, paying attention to the media. And, like, there was a big, uh, sadly, big bombing in Iraq, in, in Baghdad. And there were 32 people who were killed. And it's not really getting a lot of coverage, sadly. So, you know, I need to spread this uh and not just because it is my, you know, home country, but it's also like, you know, it's just human, you know? And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this has happened. So, you know, we, we send our prayers to them and uh, it's very sad. And, you know, of course, it's impossible to know what, what is going on everywhere around the world. But something as big as this, right, it should be covered. Uh, but sadly, it's not being and uh, I don't know for what reason, but uh, and... 
you know, I uh, want to go on to a, a bit more heavier note. Uh, need to shout out Alienware. I have a Dell Dell monitor. Now Dell owns Alienware, so it's basically Alienware, right? So I'm wrapping it. I'm wrapping it for Travis uh, and Mark and the show. So yeah, shout out to Alienware. They have best monitors. What was it? Uh, 240 hertz. No, you know, Shroud was using it. I believe now. So oh, 300. Yes, yes. Yeah. Sorry. Uh, yes, 360. Scream was using it. Liquid Scream on Valorant. He's crazy. Shroud. Of course, you guys know Shroud. Come on, guys. Like they said, this is a very good monitor. Come on. Yeah. If if you're rich, if you're oil prince, come on. You have to spend. <laughs> I I'll see my mood. I'll have to hit you up, and uh, Alienware might want to use that as a tagline for some of their marketing. If in the you're future. an oil prince, there's no better place to shop. Uh, yeah, Alienware. exactly. Thank oh, you yes. So, thank you so much, Mahmood, for the call, and uh, and we'll catch you next time. Okay. Bye bye. Thank yeah. you. Have a good one. All right. Uh, Andy, I like him. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's great. He's a, he's a fan favorite for sure. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> Um, all right, on to the next caller. Thank you, uh, Blaine Blasphemy, for the bits. Steel Breeze for the Prime. And uh, a, a name that I don't think I can read, but C, C Page, thank you for the Prime. Uh, <laughs> appreciate it. Um, all right. Where are we? We're waiting for Mark to come back. Thanks we again are. to Mahmood for calling in. His vetting process is becoming elongated, I think. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's good. Uh, Travis is MVP is calling. Travis is MVP. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Long Island, New York. Long Island, New York. You've been on the show before, right? Yeah, under different names. Under different names. Uh, why do you feel like you need to change your name every time you come on the show? Are you worried that people will figure something out about you over the course of all the calls? Oh, I just want to give awareness to different people. You know, I'm giving awareness to Travis. Thank you. In this. Not you, Travis. Uh, Travis Scott. <laughs> what do you want to talk about on the show? Um. So my take. Um. Let me just pull it up. I had a few. Um. My take was Impact is a great top laner for NA, but that he's being overhyped. Um. He has. He definitely has his strengths, and easier playing to them well. But he's also still a limited player. Um. If you want me to go into it more, I think. Uh. On Travis's YouTube channel this week, there was a clickbait video about Impact, um, Impact's how he's a carry player. But I wanted to go into some of those points I think that. that was clickbait. Oh no no no! It was a good video. Um, I wanted to go into it, uh, and I just wanted to note something that was into it and go off that. Would that be fine? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. So I liked how um, what's his name? Tim. Tim, Tim went into this. And I, I'm focusing on one part of the video. Um, Impact, despite playing very well in the lock-in tournament, he's still not really a carry player in comparison to players from other regions. And I really like this stat that Tim highlighted. It's Impact of Renekton compared to Renekton's from the LCK and the LPL. And you can see very clearly Impact has a 7.4 CS per minute on Renekton, while LCK and LPL Renektons have 8.4 CS per minute. And he yet also has less CS percentage per 15 than LCK and LPL Renektons. So what I want to go into off this is, while Impact is performing well on Renekton so far, he's not really a carry player. And 
if you go into the statistics um, from last season, you can notice that he played 16 games of Orn, 14 games of Mordekaiser, 7 games of Shen, and then a bunch of other lesser champions. And the one champion that's been OP both this split and last split that he's never picked is Camille. And Camille's obviously a very broken top laner that's being abused by top laners across the globe. And impact is very limited, and he strays away from these very hard carry picks. But I think on EG, he has to play those hard carry picks, like the Camilles, the Irelias, the Fioras, the Akalis of the world. Because sadly, I don't think his other lanes are good enough for him to play for them. I mean, Deathloop's performing great, but how's Deathloop going to do versus TL or 100 Thieves bot lane or C9's bot lane? Jazuke is fine, but he's not going to win you a game. So that's where I'll leave you. I mean, I think uh, you had me going for a lot of it. And I think you made a lot of really good points. I, I like this take a lot. Um, I'll push back a little bit just as the last thing. That, like, oh, it's Jerry's still out a little bit on if this team has enough firepower uh, with impact or not. Right now, mm -hmm. it looks like they do. Uh, I mean, they look, they look great right now. Um, also, on the CS per... Uh, what was it? CS percentage pre-15 as well as CS per minute uh, on Renekton compared to LCK. One of the things you can probably say is why is that the case? Uh, is he you know, missing a lot of lane CS? I think he's been a little bit more roam heavy than some other Renektons. Uh, he has gone mid in at least two games I can remember to like go for wraparound flanks around mid lane to mm -hmm. try and um, extend an advantage that he probably already has. I think he is still more that player. Even if he is on a on a you know carry pick, uh, he's going to be the type of guy who's going to roam around the map. So in that area, I would maybe push back a little bit and say, eh, you know, like I can forgive the CS per minute numbers a little bit as long as he's actually going and, and there's a reason for them behind them. And, and I, I would say so far there has been. Um, but that I don't still disagree with your general point. I still actually agree with, with your larger point about, like, you don't play Camille, which has, like, been broken, not just for the last two years, but for a long period of time. He does have carries in his champion house when you talk about Kennens and Mordekaisers and things that can deal damage, and GP, for example. But he's almost exclusively weak side. Uh, even when he plays carries, they're not strong side. They're not playing through him. Mm -hmm. um, which is one of the defining characteristics of a, a true carry, is that you will pick this guy, game five, counter pick, red side, slam your lane, and carry, which is what, you, what to your point, about international true, true carries. I've I would say... I play a lot of Scion in game five, and he's a true carry player. Like, so I agree. I like, you guys have me going, but then I think the big thing that you guys are ignoring is he is the best top laner in North America, in my opinion, like that we've seen historically because Alfari is better, uh, <laughs> into the Camille. Every single champion you listed beats Camille. All the picks he plays beats Camille. So they leave it up and deliberately allow him to play into it. Mordekaiser beats Camille. It actually just shuts down Camille Galio comps like insanely well. Kennen beats Camille. When you look at like Shen beats Camille, like Renekton beats Camille, Gangplank beats Camille. Like all the picks he plays beats Camille. So why, like, why would he start picking Camille? Like if, if Camille is OP, right? And he has shown mm -hmm. like, at, at every single level that he is happy to play into this champion why does he need to play the pick i, I don't understand the logic here okay fiora didn't play it Jax doesn't really play it there are uh, a lot of great top laners that do not play these picks like right 
but but they'll still be they have their answer to to the Camille. A lot of the best top laners have a carry answer, and he doesn't really. He, he, is Renekton and Mordekaiser not carry answers to Camille? Like, what what are the purpose of those picks? I mean, a lot of them can play weak side that you don't need to babysit in lane. Uh, yeah, but they you, still win the one v one, and they still team fight really well, right? It's not like he's picking on you. Like, if he was just taking on Shen every single time, I'd be like, if he if his answers were on Shen, I'd be like, he doesn't have a carry answer. He might not have a strong side carry answer. But I'm saying that in a lot of points, uh, like I think Renekton actually is a strong side carry answer. For example, Camille Gallio will generally beat Renekton if you don't have jungle assistance up there. Um, but like I, I think if you can play a weak side answer into Camille and then play through a great bottom lane historically, um, why not do that? Like I mean, he's played on a lot of rosters with like double lift and stuff. Like I, I don't I think have... that's a knock on a guy. I think that's actually a positive. I am 100% down with having unique or like not unique, but like play styles for your team. Like I don't want your team to pretend it can do everything if it can't. Um, mm -hmm. But I'd also say to the caller's point, when you're comparing him to international carries on other teams, he isn't a carry. Like, is is he wonder? Is he wonder? Is he the shy? Is he kind of? He hasn't had to be for the last three years. So I have. He hasn't had to be in an A at all, really. I have some interesting things here. One. As much as I hate to break up this argument, and it's so uh, this is some of the best. Becoming... best this is probably the best analytical conversation this show has had. But I've got I've got time. something to add to it. So, shockingly, one uh, he does have a jack skin. Secondly, uh, this is one a great plug for the video. So the, for those that don't know, uh, the caller is talking about uh, the run it episode that we did, which I thought was really good. That dives in on impact. You should go watch it before tomorrow. I release my best interview I've ever done with Impact. I, I go, we even subtitle it for the people who have a hard time with his accent. In it, he talks a lot about how happy he is to be on EG now because he said that on TL, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said he felt constrained because yeah. he said they would play scrims and in scrims, he would maybe try like a carry pick or something that was like more aggressive. And then even if they if they lost the game, even if it was because of a different lane, it would be like, okay, well, let's put impact back on what he's good at, like tanks and stuff like that. And it's it's a very long, very good interview. And it's just super fascinating because it's not like he's shitting on TL or anything like that, but he's basically saying, like, there's way more trust for him on Evil Geniuses now to be able to pick the champions he wants to play um, than he ever had on TL. Um, couple quick things from seeing chat. One, like, historical versus like you know relevance like someone said fiora's an int pick and it's like yeah i wasn't talking about right now specifically i'm saying like there was a yeah. meta where fiora was like literally 1v9ing two years ago on worlds tell me it was an int pick yeah <laughs> yeah, literally like, won worlds. yeah like kale is was like an int pick now maybe you could argue but like there's a period of time where kale was like holy shit game over you know and like i think you can levy some criticisms like he doesn't pick up those champions it seems like he doesn't mm -hmm. often seem to pick up new champions that quickly even um, and I would, that's my opinion of him. And I would love to be proven wrong. If, if EG is going to, you know, have him building play the rune King, you know, double offensive item, Renekton in side lane, making shit happen, which he has done so far this tournament. And that continues throughout the year. Then he is going to shut me and all the other people who have this opinion, the fuck up. And we, <laughs> we're just going to have to be like, you know what? He probably could have been a, a carry player this entire time. And it's been for these other reasons. Um, and I'm, I'm more than prepared to have to eat this crow. But I'm still of the opinion right now that, like, when you compare him to true top lane carries internationally, I don't think he actually has done it recently enough for me to say that he can. Because otherwise, I think there have been times where I'm like, 
please, I would have loved to have seen that. Your team could have used that spark in some of these situations. And we, we didn't see when TL was against the ropes, you know, like Impact busted out this crazy new shit uh, very recently. Mm -hmm. Travis is MVP. You sparked a very uh, fierce conversation on. I like this thing, Travis is MVP, by the way. I think you presented <laughs> it really well, too. Uh, yeah, you, this was this up for an AG job because that was well done. We finally did it. We had a great conversation on Hotline League. <laughs> After 158 episodes, we finally did it. We done uh, did it. And it's all thanks to Travis, is MVP. Uh, what do you, uh, any, any shout outs or plugs you want to throw out there, Travis, or any thoughts on any of the stuff we just said? Um, I think everything you guys just said is valid po points. And, um, I know we're short on time, but I think, um, impact. One thing I am curious about is if he can be a more selfish player and play more for himself mm -hmm. and not for his team, because as a carry player, there's times when you have to be selfish. And you have to sort of be like, I'm the carry. I am going to carry this game, and I'm going to do whatever I can to do that. That's something you'll see out of top laners like the Shy, Nuggery. And that's something I don't really see out of him. And that's something that's that's all I have to say. Um, with the shoutouts, uh, I think um, if you're bored of all the the LEC stuff that's going on in your mornings, a great player has arisen in the East. He is our savior. He is our Lord. He is Chovy. And you guys should subscribe to the Church of Chovy. He had a great series this past weekend. Absolute best solo carry performance we've seen in a oh, long, on, long time. That is insane. You think me that? Yes, but we have to praise our Lord Chovy, and that is all. Thank you so much uh, for the call, Travis, as MVP, and we'll catch you next time. Oh, he I have a, a literally left on his own. Okay, go ahead, Mark. I respect that. He's like, I said my piece. I'm out of here. <laughs> Here's this is so something I said, and then we we went back and forth on. I I, for, I forgot to get back to it. Uh, that like I feel like a top player needs to be able to play Camille point, and you're like you can play the counters kind of thing. And we went back and forth on that a little bit. To me, I think about it the same way that like I think mid laner should have to be able to play Azir. Like I don't I don't know how you can not play Oriana or you can't play Azir after how long they've been in metas <laughs> and. That's how I feel about Camille ever since she's been released. She has been meta, fringe meta, but like she's been relevant basically every season. So that that's something that maybe I'm too strong on that opinion, but I'm like, how can you not play Camille, what is it, five seasons later at this point? Mm -hmm. No, I, I understand the tank. Like, so like, don't get me wrong. I think there's a really fine line between like understanding the tank and then trying to set it up from an analytical point of view. Yeah. And all I'm saying is like, I don't know, like if, I don't know, I'll give a random example. I, I don't know if I have a great example, but I'll give an example from like three years ago. Rise mid lane was OP. And we would just never ban it. Because we had an insane Anivia player. And no one else played <laughs> Anivia. And all we would do is if they took Rise, we would just take Anivia and it was like GG. And so Anivia just started dropping through all of these pick bans. Because we didn't necessarily want to play it. We didn't have like great rise comps that we had going like he wasn't a great side lane or whatever right but teams just could not pick rise against us because they knew if they did like just bam the anivia was coming through um and like so that, that's kind of how i view some of impact's yeah. counter picks like i know personally having spoken to some top laners in uh lc like in north america i went to lcs because i haven't spoken to lcs top laners like all that specifically but in north america that they know that if they lock in the camille 
that they have to play it really well in tap impact because he has some like terrific answers and i think that's the next best thing damn i love this conversation i wish every uh, not every take i i wish more takes got to this level because I, I think we had a really good conversation Me anyways my favorite part about it was that Travis didn't have anything to really add. I added the whole exclusive <laughs> interview I did. I wish I'd released that interview today so that you guys could have watched it and it would have added and so much more conversation bell, guys, to this topic. notification of when that interview is coming out. Yeah, well, people should go fucking ring the goddamn bell on my YouTube channel so that they don't miss it. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'll get the next caller. Uh, thank you, TMKHS, for the seven months. Uh, negative feedback loop. Thank you for the sixteen and Broken King. Thanks for the prime. I hope I hope you guys watch that impact interview because it is actually, I've I've done some of my favorite interviews in a, a long time over the past uh, two weeks. Um, so much so that sometimes Riot takes entire quotes from them and puts them on the broadcast without crediting that me. And then later on, I find out that it's Mark Zimmerman's fault uh, because he <laughs> gave them the quote but without the credit. So. <laughs> All uh, right, so this a two brute, you little salt lord. It was the the fucking Jensen copy pasta. I just co I just took it from my own tweet because I I always tweeted the copy pasta so much. I, didn't uh, I see. So the source was you. The source was copying me copy pasta because I quoted. <laughs> yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. I wish they had better been defined. Like if they could have. <laughs> If they could have put like a footnote at the bottom that's like source Mark Zimmerman's copy pasta on Twitter. Source then... Mark Zimmerman sourcing Reddit sourcing <laughs> Jensen from a Travis interview. Yes, yeah. <laughs> I just wish I just wish that was better sourced. Uh that'd be yeah. great. Okay, uh Vicious Vegan is here. Vicious Vegan, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Saint Helena, California, up in wine country. Wine country. Nice. What do you uh do you drink much wine? Um my, everybody in my family drinks wine. I'm too young to like wine yet. I like beer. Okay. Like fun drinks. Do you know I haven't had an alcoholic beverage since I landed in North America? Well, that's uh, I don't believe good that for the COVID twenty or the COVID twenty one now. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I wanted to call in about perks not at least right now being a top three player in NA, and that people that said he was going to slam all the domestic mids were wrong. So you see, you say he's not a top three player? No, and I actually, at least right now, I think the top three players are all supports. Oh, Ooh. okay. Well, Core JJ, who else are you throwing on there? Um, Vulcan, Vulcan, yep, and Sword Art. Despite Ooh. TSM's chaos, I think who he is like, I could interchange that for Sword Art, but too much of who he's team is working really great around him that like you can't single him out as much, even though he's been fucking stellar. Um, I'd say that like. Sword art still looks really, really great. Man, people sleeping on DeMonte. All right. People um, sleeping on Alfari? What, my boy just hasn't done enough in the top lane? Like, what, how many CS does he need to go off at 10 minutes? Like, 50? Like, no, there's really not that many creeps in the game, guys. I yeah. mean, Licorice had a 20 CS lead before he inted on Aurelia. You know, what kind of top laner lets that happen to him? If only Impact could play Camille, he'd be a top three player in LCS. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um. I think it's more so just like, I don't know. Right now, supports are really catered, or uh, the meta for supports. Oh, uh, supports are shine. Yeah, like, it's it's really awesome right now. Okay, so is perks is perks letting people down within the first two weeks? Mark and and spawn is he not a top three player? 
No, like, I definitely think, like, I, I mean, like, you can talk about performances, right? At the end of the day, we've played, what, five games so far? Like, seven games? Like, how many games have you played? He hasn't played that many. Seven. Um, yeah, so, like, I think it's, like, really early to call that. I say, I think you can say on, like, a small sample size of seven games, he is not performing, like, a top three player within the region. And, like, I would, I, I could see, like, really good cases for how you could formulate that argument. But I, I do think that that's, like, that's ringing Travis's damn bell a little bit too early. The interview's not even out yet, guys. Maybe watch the interview, then subscribe afterwards if it's as good as he says it is. Because, like, uh, I, I do think that this guy historically has just built up so much trust. I also do think that, like... You're talking about Impact? No, I, I was just, I don't know. I was calling back to an old joke, okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Travis. Um, I, I do think that bodying someone in League of Legends is different now than it used to be, right? Like, yeah, for and, sure. I don't know if mid lane is in a situation right now. I'm trying to think of like a lot of the matchups that have played. I, I'm just going to call it. I don't think mid lane is bodyable the same way mid lane used to be bodyable in LeBlanc versus Syndra, where you make one mistake and the lane just snowballs out of control and like the game's just over from there. Um, so I think that like I like the take because it's like, like spicy and I like takes like this. If I'm going to be completely unbiased, I say like I don't know if I agree with the take, but because I'm wearing a TL hoodie, I think that the three best players in the LCS currently play for TL. Who's okay. the third? Who who are you snubbing on your own team? Because you got well, Alfari and you got Core JJ. Oh no, what I'm saying is like three of the top three. That doesn't mean five of the top five aren't also TL Mark said. Right, but but who what's your power ranking? Yeah, team who's not players? making it into the top three on team Liquid? Just just, I mean, just tier tier list of TL players. Like, if you're gonna be completely honest, you would say Jensen had one bad game on Cassiopeia and then hasn't had to do much on other games. And then Centaurans only played a couple. So you just give the other three, the top three spots, Alfari. Uh, you, uh, you found the easy way out there, huh? Yeah, of course I did, man. I'm not gonna bad my off my own team. What are you talking about? I literally say Who's the dead weight? <laughs> you're, you're, um, you teach the academy team. I just want to point out, by the way, that Spawn said it's only been seven games. Under last year's format, we'd be halfway through week four uh, after seven games. New format, Pog. Pog, yeah. <laughs> So to the caller's logic, I have a bit of an issue with it. Because if you want to use like what you know, uh, Spawn was saying about it's small sample size, but basically that sample size, yeah, Perks hasn't been top three. How can you say that about Sword Art? Ooh. Ooh, that's, that's a good point. Um, man, I was I was too hasty to just pick three supports because I want to support the supports. You just got uh, dunked on by Mark Zimmerman live on stream. Dunked uh, by the. Are you going to be able to sleep man. tonight? Vicious TSM media? haters defeated. Oh wait, no, you're not. You're a C9 hater <laughs> defeated by facts and logic. Well, it's <laughs> weird. I'm a C9 hater, but I'm also like a C9 fan. Um, as it, as it is. Yeah, it's very frequent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I think Spawn phrased my take in the way that I would have phrased it if I didn't mm -hmm. have to make it hot. Um, this is a small sample size. I'm reacting to what that was. Um, well, oh, go ahead. I, Sorry. I, I was going to just chime in and say, I actually did like a portion of your original take, though, that like, oh, he's going to come in and shit on NA and, and domestic mids and stuff that hasn't been true. Do you think that will change? Do you think when playoffs rolls around and we're in best of fives, people are getting exposed versus perks? Or do you think that people just really did overestimate him? I don't think or, it'll happen nearly as much as people expected it to. Um, I think, especially in the in like the coming weekend, if you're talking about this playoffs and not future spring. Oh, playoffs. I mean, I mean future future playoffs, like okay. spring finals like, and stuff. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I would say if I forget if it's like top eight again in playoffs for spring, um, but if like if C9 ends up against like Dignitas or one of the really lower bracket teams, I could totally see Perk slamming somebody, but I don't think he's going to slam. 
a uh, any of the top uh, North American mids like yeah. Path of uh, Path of Exile, Power of Evil, he's going to slam like Palafox or Demonte or a lot of the guys that didn't have a ton of um, proof of, of of record before, um, but now are like starting to shine because they've been getting chances on these rosters. The thing with Perks is uh, I just don't think he's as good of a mid laner as people think he is. Like, I definitely think he's overhyped in that aspect because if you think about it, Niski really enabled that team very well, and I don't think Perks can replicate the same thing as what Niski did. So right now I think they downgraded the roster. Uh, are you going to quote? Like Mark Z, that and that's a quote gonna... from Mark Zimmerman, um, <laughs> his Twitter, where he uh, I did quoted copy Jensen. Pasta that one. Yes, um, I, I, I'm not saying it 100 percent will happen, but Perks has gone onto international stages and like clapped the shit out of Zhaohu and like pretty respectable mid laners. So I don't see why that couldn't happen in an A. I, I think depending on what the meta is, because you know to Spawn's point, you know LeBlanc's not being played right now, and Perks shits on kids with LeBlanc and shits on kids with Rise and like those aren't really meta you know so like if everyone's playing Ori Azir um I don't Galio, know Galio TF. TF yeah you know like you're not gonna see that kind of kind of play so it, it's partially meta dependent might also be you know he's not on G2 anymore maybe there's just like not as much help to get him going uh who knows uh but but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't rule him out yet I've seen it yeah. enough times. I'm not ruling it out. So yeah, I promise I this will be the last time I do this, but I highly recommend people watch the interview that I did with Perks that came out today because he talks a lot about the issues that he had on G2. I know you guys think I'm trolling right now. I'm actually not. He talks a lot about how he's... Okay, well, we want to spawn. He talks a lot about how he is uh, trying... He wants to have a better life balance now that he's here because he thinks it's going to help him a lot. And he kind of says, like, yeah, if I'm not performing on a champion, I can just grind it out. He's like, I don't need to to practice as much on certain champions I've already gotten figured out. So I'm very curious to see if that ends up sort of haunting him, if he can't keep up the performance that he thinks he he's had in the, or that he's had in the past because he's just kind of overconfident on, on that or what, but I'm very curious. Um, you ever see like live stream fails, how it's just like people reacting to people reacting to clips. Yeah, a reaction yeah. That's just what a hotline leak should be. You can just read us a quote from, from your interview and we can just react to it. That's yeah. No, it's good. I like that. That's good content. We should do. I should do a a, sh a show where we all just me, Mark, and a guest just watch the other shows that exist in the League of Legends space, and then react to the the takes that are on those shows. Ah, God! Like some kind of yeah, that'd be great. But that sounds like too much of a time commitment. So you need to find an editor to go through and just clip yeah. up the spicy yeah, yeah. part. That's that's the beauty of live stream fails is that like people clip you know, the, the spicy parts. I guess we could just dig through their clips and watch them. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm a reaction ant. If that's the case. If it's just show up and react, then I'll do it. If I have to dig through clips all of a sudden, that sounds no, like no, hard. TSM, job. TSM really needs to create a series called Reaction Andy. And it's just Andy <laughs> Din watching clips and reacting <laughs> to them and leave. You know what's funny? I think I got Reginald in my uh, game last night. Really? Yeah. How do you do? Uh, he, he popped up. I'm, <laughs> I'm so like tired when I finish scrims, dude. I just get into solo queue, and I don't know like whether like people uh, <laughs> care about this, but I just sprint it every game. I'm just complete brain off player. I show up to Scuttlecrab. I have no lens of pro. I die. Give double buff to someone randomly and just apologize. I hug you. 
It's good. Well, anyway, back to our take, (laughs) which is about perks. So Mark and Spawn, perks, uh, underperforming expectations, yay or nay? Yes, because I think he's like one of the best players of all time. So then when you're not smashing everyone, you underperform expectations, right? But that's like great to go cold sometimes. And he's in a new place with a new team for the first time in a while. And it's a new role again for him. And it's going to take a little bit. But like, he's a great. Mark, Perks underperforming expectations. Big agree. Plus one to spawn. There we go. Okay. He's underperforming. Vicious Vegan, but thanks so much for the call. Thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to say before we move on to the next caller? Yeah, I'll just do a quick shout out to um, a fellow Jake in Spawn. Let's go. Um, I'll shout out Alienware and uh, Black Lives Matter and trans rights or human rights. See you guys. Thank you all. Thank you so much for the call. More big plus ones getting thrown around. Uh, Off we go to the next caller. Your boy Graf, thank you for the 27 months. B Crow Twitch, thank you for the five. Uh, Frozen Turd, great name. Uh, Fermentum. (laughs) I think I said Broken King and Dasher seven 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 seven. Thanks so much to everybody who's been subbing. Would love to see more of that sub action right now. And if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can subscribe too to the YouTube channel. I actually lost eighty nine subscribers in the past thirty days on my YouTube channel. So uh, again, the bots, Travis. All your I'm, bot followers gone. The I'm real going ones are negative. Still there. I think it's because I tried to do a video where I talked about uh, my favorite games of last year, and I just got like a fat, like, m- negative. This isn't what I signed up for. What was your subs. favorite game of last year? What's that? Death Stranding. Uh, I didn't rank them. I just I just put, like, here are the 12 games I enjoyed. It would be Death year. Stranding. Path well, of Exile. It's complicated because I played most. Okay, go ahead. What's fun? Path of Exile is such a great game, Travis. I've tried it. I've tried it, and I just haven't been able to get into it. Everybody else I know plays it. I'm, I feel bad. I wish I could. Your boy, Graf, thank you for the five uh, subs. And we Spencer have a call Neutron. here, by the way. 34. Yami Yomi, thank you for the prime. Formentum, who I just shouted out, is on the show. Yeah. Where are you calling from? I'm calling from Fable, North Carolina. Fable, North Carolina. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, well, I was just going to talk about uh, TSM's coaching. Well, not really coaching staff, more of their like, staff above their coaching staff because I just feel like they've made a really poor decision um, not throwing Bjergsen into coaching immediately. I think that he is going to be a very good coach in the future, and I think he is very intelligent with the game. But I think it was a really poor decision to throw Bjergsen immediately into coaching without getting him some other big name around him who is pretty knowledgeable. I mean, we have quite a few people in the scene so arguably people who have done really good with somewhat of poor teams like a narrow um you you can see these kind of coaches that they could have just dropped money on and had them either as a side coach or a head coach just to put bjergsen right under them because here's the thing is you're going to have uh na people now judging bjergsen's legacy because if if they play poor they start out even next season poor i know this is just the beginning um, tournament, but if they start out next season poor, uh, people are going to be looking at Bjergsen, they're going to be like, well, maybe Bjergsen was the issue with the uh, like shot calling and whatnot, like he's mechanically just an amazing player. But as far as in-game decisions, uh, TSM has been very shaky, 
and you're looking at this kind of stuff, and, and, and I feel like also, like, there's not a second coach there for, like, Bjergsen to learn from, say that Enero has dealt with some pretty shaky situations as a coach, um, being down in certain situations, he might be able to teach Bjergsen, and I'm not saying specifically Enero bring him in, but, you know, just, like, other coaches who could help Bjergsen learn quicker. So they do yeah, have Curry, by the way. I have one question before we get into all of this. Are you Enero's agent? <laughs> I, I I am not at all, but I just thought he would be a good example for this. Not at all. I, I I'm sure there's many other coaches, and I and I can bring up other coaches who could be decent examples for this. But so they uh, have just... they have Curry as a part of the team on the coat as a coaching staff member. So they, it's not just Bjergsen. They also have Parth as a GM who, I mean, has obviously coached the team a lot. So I'm a, It's I, not it's not like he's in complete isolation, right? No, no, I feel that, but Parth has been there forever, and TSM has looked very shaky, and as new coaches have came in, it's not resolved the issue, and if you think about it, Parth has been at the top for a while, and I am a fan of Parth, I'm, I'm a fan of TSM, and, and I just feel that, you know, maybe Parth has not been making the greatest decisions as far as bringing in the best of coaching staff, um, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't put him up there with, like, Oh, they have some super intelligent coach there because even when Parth with Parth was coach, uh, they had just a killer team. I mean, they had a killer team that won what three seasons in a row um, with Double Lift, Bjergsen, Biofrost, Hanser, and Svenskeren. So, um, <clears throat> I, I just don't think Parth is is really making the best decisions as far as bringing in the best coaching staff. And and I feel that not bringing in coaches that can support Bjergsen at a higher level is what's going to cause a lot of this uh, fan base to really judge how great he really is. Cause I like feel he's like kind he's of being set up for fail, to fail. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I've just looked at TSM, and I've talked to my friends about this like even before the season started. I was like, oh, cool, they're making Bjergsen coach, but who else are they going to bring in? And, and I mm-hmm. wasn't talking about players in that aspect. I was talking about coaches because well, let's, I, I've, I've seen this in regular sports. It, it never turns out too great. What, let's get let's throw to Spawn and Mark and see what they think. I mean, is there a chance that because I mean, I, I I don't want to say that they don't have enough they don't have other support around Bjergsen because they clearly do. But is is there a chance that they don't he does maybe pitting him in the head coach role is too early, or maybe he doesn't have the right support? I don't know what you guys think. So I don't know if you want to take this one, Mark, or if you want me to be put on front page right at this time. Um, yeah, cool. Thanks for that, buddy. Um, so like, so there's a couple of ways you can look at it. So like, if we like dissect what you're kind of saying, it's like a couple of things, right? Bjergsen's legacy as a player is like, it, it's up there, right? He, he's, he, he's in a goat material. Like I think in the conversation at least with double lift, like I think it's very fair to say, right? Um, so I think that there is a really good conversation to have here about like, you know, will this impact his legacy? I hope it doesn't as a player because I, I'm, I, I really am a fan of Bjergsen and everything he's been able to do. As far as a coaching thing goes, I think it's a really interesting conversation. And I don't think there is a right answer to this because I do think that League of Legends coaching is like really unexplored um, in terms of like, what is the actual best makeup? But my understanding of how this has happened is that Curry was an assistant coach at TSM when Bjergsen was a mid laner and they got along really well. He was actually a positional coach for mid lane and I think maybe bottom lane while he was there. Um, and then Kays and Bjergsen, I think it worked together as well. And now they've kind of bought around like what Bjergsen would say, like a really solid coaching team for him. Like they're people that he's worked with previously, he knows, and he's going to be incredibly comfortable like implementing what he wants to implement. 
which means arguably that a lot of the blame should rest with Bjergsen. Now then you get into the argument whether this is like premature to make him a head coach, right? And I don't have a great answer to that without actually knowing the inner workings of TSM. And I'm not going to pretend like I know anyone at TSM and know those inner workings. So I will abstain from comment. Question that I saw in Twitch chat that I just want to clarify as well. Uh, someone said, he's saying that the fan perception is that the blame will fall in Bjerg. So you're saying that this is a public PR kind of problem or like that he legitimately is like, you know, Bjergsen will struggle as a coach. Um, well, I think even or if both, you even. say, yeah, so it's more of both because if you turn and say that Bjergsen legitimately will be the issue, then of course the fan base will follow along, it, uh, especially TSM fan base more than anything, they will look for stabs. Um, <laughs> and, and I say that as a TSM fan myself, I don't look for these stabs and I'm a huge fan. Like I love Bjergsen, but, um, like Spawn was saying, a lot of these people that he's working with, yeah, they are coaches that he has worked with previously, people that he has synergized with and, and whatnot. But if you look over the past uh, three years of TSM, it's just been nothing but a lot of what this org would consider failures uh, yeah. other than them winning the previous split. But So you uh, want him like as a strat coach, right? You want like TSM, JAT, head coach, strategic coach, but if you yeah. and even if he is making a lot of the calls, you just want like the meat shield that is JAT to be able to like well, yeah. I, I mean I mean not just not just a meat shield but Bjergsen not being a coach he's going to run into issues that say somebody like Jat and Nero even Mark back in the day just people who have who have ran into these certain issues can turn around and be like hey this is how we dealt with it we did find a fix like uh, this is just a suggestion or something like that and at least Bjergsen can look at it in a different way because I feel like he's working with the same staff he's always worked with they probably have similar mind staffs or mind uh, sets so I'm just like, why, why would they not get him somebody, some other big name that might have a better idea of coaching? Um, I think part so, of it... Oh, go ahead, Mark. I don't want to speak too harshly of my fellow coaches and people, but I think you're really overestimating the qualification. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, just continue. I think you're, Your you're really overestimating shit. the qualifications um, in terms of like, what are what a lot of the backgrounds are like Bjergsen has been a player forever he's been th under a ton of coaches and he is a very smart person like if, if people don't know Bjergsen's constantly reading self-help books and like self-improvement books and like coaching books and like mindset books he's he is he will do the work to learn coaching on a, on a structural level not just like hey I know league real good you know like he he's not that kind of person um and like I totally get your point about like wanting to support Bjergsen as best you can. And maybe there's too much of like everyone in an echo chamber because they all agree with each other. But that's a different issue, I think, than like will Bjergsen be prepared? I don't, I mean, like. If I was a general manager and Bjergsen approached me and said, I want to be a head coach of your team, I, I'm doing my own research. I've got a good idea. Like, I know what my leadership philosophy is. I'm doing a lot of self help. I'm reaching out to, you know, sports psychologists and I have a staff I want to bring with me. Jake, will you hire me? Like, if I'm just general manager still like I was last year, I'm probably hiring him. Like, I I'm not going to lie. Like, I unless I had another you, really great candidate lined up. Who do you hire? Bjergsen or Jet? Oh, of course I hire Jet. What are you talking about? I've known, But that's different for me because I've known Josh for literally seven years. Oh, and I don't okay. know Bjergsen personally at all. Oh, so you guys, so you can call him Josh because you guys are cool like that. Yeah, correct. And... <laughs> And to be clear, like when I say like the, you're overestimating the qualifications of, of league coaches, that's not me putting them down necessarily. I'm not saying that like 
the people who are coaching are unqualified. I'm just saying that it's not like the people who are coaching have done this for 25 plus years and you're sticking this fucking newbie up there. You know, like Bjergsen has been around since before coaching was really a thing. You know, he, yeah. he, he grew up, he is as experienced dealing with coaches and infrastructure and stuff as, as any coach in the scene would be themselves. Um, it's not like traditional sports where you start off as a video analyst, you're, you're grinding hours and you're working through a system and like all these different things. And, and even in traditional sports, sometimes people just retire and become coaches because they have a good mind for the game and they, they transition to that position well. And that's, that's in, in environments and ecosystems that have a better foundation than Lee even has right now for, for finding coaching talent and infrastructure and stuff. So like, once again, I don't, I know how I said it sounded like a shot at coaches <laughs> in the entire league coaching scene. I, it applies equally to me as when I was a coach, you know, like, I know you threw my name out there, but like, I wouldn't, I could help Bjergsen probably, but like, not like I have some revolutionary, like background that's going to give him a leg up that the other staff, cause they have good staff, you know, like I like Curry. He seems to have done very well with FlyQuest and stuff when he was with them. Um, you know, like I think there's a lot of great coaches in the scene. And I think Bjergsen will slot in or should in theory, at least slot in fine. I also, mm -hmm. uh, I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't plug. So I'm not going to plug. Did you happen to see someone did a retirement interview with Bjergsen where he they he talked a lot about his future for Momentum? Uh, yeah, I actually did watch your uh, retirement. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I don't want to say who did it because. That would be. <laughs> but I think what's interesting in that is it's funny because I did two interviews with Bjergsen. I think I only did two last year, but I definitely did, only did two in the second half of the year. And in the first one, when he was still a player on the team, I think when they were headed to Worlds, I asked him about the rumor that was basically like people saying, ah, Bjergsen's basically coaching, and he's the coach. He denied it. But then in the retirement interview, he talked a lot about how he was helping the team out a lot from a outside-the-game perspective. And then when they went to Worlds, and he had to sort of like keep his form up as a player, that's why he felt like part of the reason why they lost worlds was because he, he stopped being able to help the team sort mm -hmm. of with these outside game situations, which I would perhaps consider to be coaching. And so like, it's interesting because in a way he was already <laughs> coaching last year. And I think a lot of people know that. And so that's why I think it's less of a thing. Now I, I do think it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people have been talking about their drafts. And he also said in that interview that, you know, you could blame him for the drafts. He would be responsible for that. So I think that's kind of interesting. But I just, I don't, I am not really worried about him as a, like, from a leadership perspective or having a position. It does seem like he already, he does have enough of people around him to, to succeed. Can I, can I say one thing? And, I, you know, I'm not trying to make the call go on too long, but. Yeah, just really quick. Um, I, I feel a tiny bit misunderstood because the thing is, is I'm not saying Bjergsen's not extremely intelligent and he doesn't work hard because we've all seen examples of this and i'm also just a i think fan, you said so he's a lazy I, idiot yeah that's exactly but i see i'm not i i'm just a fan so i don't i don't get to see behind the scenes and whatnot um i just felt from the very beginning and i was super excited to see bjergsen go into coaching uh, i thought that would be very interesting i just felt like there wasn't too many changes done and i felt like bringing another body in not for somebody to just blame or be that meat shield, but just bringing in that other big name to be like, oh, this guy's working side-by-side side with Bjergsen in his first split as head coach uh, to, to really just give a different perspective and possibly help him 
in certain things that he's never had to do as a coach. But yeah, uh, yeah. Well, thank you for the call, Fermento. I'm glad you clarified. Is there anything you want to say? Any shout outs or anything here at the end? Um, yeah, shout out to Alienware. You see, uh, back when you were sponsored by Omen, I still went out of my way to buy an Alienware uh, monitor. Uh, it was it was really good. I I I had run the 200 and what 50 hertz monitor right now, so it's. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really good. I really enjoy it. And also to the true NA fans out there, I really appreciate you guys when World swings around. I know a lot of NA people love to shit on NA. Uh, I hate that. All right, I'm going to root for NA no matter what, even when I see us get dumped. So anyways, I hope you guys have a great night. Very good. Well, hey, thank you so much for the call from Antonio. We really appreciate it. I think it is interesting. Uh, just to pick up the coaching conversation, and I don't want to drag it too long because obviously coaches talking about coaches is really boring. But uh, I, I do think that the coaching conversation in League of Legends is becoming more nuanced. And I do like that fans are starting to have an opinion on coaching. Because that, that's what's cool about traditional sport as well, right? So I like it. Yeah. Spawn, I should have had this up the whole time. Do you see, see what I've got? Kangaroo, yeah. kangaroo, mate. It says Australia on the back, too. There's Hell an Australian yeah. viewer who sent uh, Kobe and I packs of Australian snacks for Christmas. And this was in there. Oh yeah, I saw that. He got Tim Tams and stuff. Holy yes. god! And Tiny Teddies. Tiny Teddies are the—they're the most OP snack in the world, Travis. I've never had those. Tim Tams are good though. Yeah, they're both pockets. Uh, you guys get a Tim Tam Slam. I gotta get married or something. Invite you guys all out. I'm being a lazy boy. Yeah. Well, maybe wait a little bit before you do that, because. Uh... Yeah, because I'm in America, Travis. I'm not doing oh, too you much mean the other thing going on. Okay, yes. yes. Yeah, there's a pandemic. Um, Blue Jay is here. Blue Jay, where are you calling from? Hey, guys. Uh, calling from Ontario, Canada. Ontario, Canada. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, my take is 100 Thieves will beat C9 3 1 uh, in the series coming up next weekend. I think that 100 Thieves has looked better in every role except the bot lane. And despite Sven and Vulcan looking great, I don't think they can bot gap FBI who he enough to take the series. Because Demonte um, will be mid gapping perks. I mean, I, I don't want to go that far, but maybe from what we've seen so far, I actually think Demonte has looked better than perks, which is crazy to say, but I think accurate. I think he's had more impact on the map. By the way, Mark, that's why I'm not going to get one of those. Literally, just why? Because the little you. cute baby boy plays with your little stringies. Anyway, um, so I think I think it's an it's a hot take to predict hundred thieves over Cloud Nine for sure. You said three one, not even three two. So three one, and I would even say that I would bet I would go three zero before I go three two. I think one hundred thieves has just looked that much better. And to clarify, this is not a oh no, C nine is going to be terrible this year. Take it's just they're not there yet, and I think it's pretty evident that one hundred thieves is much further along than they are. Okay, this is fun because it allows us to do predictions. I'm yeah. going to predict Cloud9 over uh, 100 Thieves through 3-2. Do you, are you aware that most people would consider that an upset? Wait, who are you talking to? Me or Travis? Oh, tra Travis, Travis. Uh, when you say most people, do you think like you and the analysts or do you think fans? Because I Probably bet you if I did both. a Twitter poll right now, most people would would predict Cloud9 to beat 100 Thieves. Do it in Twitch chat right now. You should do, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, these people yeah. are not, I'm not doing it with these. these what, you think Twitter Wait, is you've now, you've now You've now t spoiled this group. I'm going to put it on Twitter. 
Um, who wins this weekend? And like, I mean, just make it a five-minute time, dude, because I don't want to stick around for all that much longer. Well, like, we'll know pretty, we'll, we'll really we'll know pretty quickly, but yeah, it's fine. We're gonna get in, get out. <laughs> I'll, I'll do uh, it, I'll do it right. for eight minutes. While, while you do that, I'll say I'm predicting t- uh, 100 Thieves. I have the 3-1 scoreline as well. I think uh, you talked about some of the points. I'm not sure that DeMonte will have quite as good a showing as he's shown so far, uh, but I also don't think that matters a ton. Um with, I think, the fact that 100 Thieves top lane as well should do quite well. Fudge has looked a little shaky, and I think someday mm-hmm. we'll have a good time against him. I think, like we already said, with uh, bot lane, like I think it'll be pretty back and forth. I, I would expect like sometimes Fen Volk can get the better of the matchup, sometimes who he FBI do. Um, but I think Closer works better with his laners right now than Blabber does, even though Blabber has also had a good tournament. And the fact that like, bot lane is often going to be four-man parties against 100 Thieves. And so okay. I... I I think Mark thieves... just took all of my points. <laughs> I pretty yeah. much agree with everything you just said. I, 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 when you said a lot of that stuff, I was like, yeah, I know where this is going. So, like, yeah, 100% aligned on uh, 100 Thieves. I do want to add one thing to yours, though, Mark. The only thing I want to add is that Cloud9 has kind of been playing a lot more to Rift Herald than Dragon, it seemed. They've seemed to fall behind in Dragons. And because, like you said, you think someday is going to gap... Um, uh, fudge a little bit. I think that's another reason why things won't go Cloud9's way because they've been playing to the top side of the map without really too many advantages. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is, it is, it started off 100 Thieves favored because the people that were in the Twitch chat went to go brigade it after Mark tried to dispute me, but it's rapidly closing in on uh, C9. It's favored. rapidly closing in on C9 favored, but is it C9 favored? It's forty nine point one to fifty point nine, and if I with six minutes left, and if I refresh again, it's uh, and like and like we said, Twitter is the the home of uh... the great unwashed. <laughs> Spawn, who do you think's winning? Uh, I honestly, dude, like if you want to compete for second place at this stage, like be my guest. Who do you think you guys are beating in the finals? That's a way that maybe we can. Yeah, get that, that, that's, that's a better way to put it. Like, I hope it's Cloud9 that we're beating in the finals because I think, like, just from a fan's perspective, like I, I'm great. I like, I, I really liked it. As I said, like, you know, all success to the dude. I want him to play well, but I think everyone wants to see TL versus Cloud9 in a best of series before like too much longer. I think like if you ask them like what is the most hype matchup, that is the most hype matchup. And I'm all about the fans. I'm a man of the people. I catch public transport with them and everything just so I can feel like them. I walk in their shoes. There's a, there's a pandemic going on. You shouldn't be walking in You know, we got rid of this stupid thing. You want thing us to so travel to Australia. You want us to walk in other people's shoes and yeah, get on public know, transit. You know, Travis, if we allowed you in right now, Two-week quarantine, COVID test on the way out, and then everything open. You could go. To, we could go to a restaurant right now if we're in Melbourne. I mean, I know. I'm. You're not telling me anything. I like. I'm not. I'm not pleased to be in the situation that I'm in. But a Shut lot of people shut down NA, reopen OPL, and make That's... all of NA players in, uh, residents. I, I, I said, like, wouldn't that be hilarious? Because like, <laughs> yeah. we still have an MSI and world slot. Like, come on over, guys. <laughs> Uh, Cloud9 replied to my poll and said they think 100 Thieves is going to win. So even Cloud9, I guess, is on Mark's side. Maybe I'm wrong here. Uh, okay. Anyway, uh, so you so so is is Cloud9 going to lose? Is that going to happen? 
Could. I mean, we seem to it's think close. that, or some of us do anyways. Perks How's the poll doing? Perks mid-gapped by DeMonte? The Good. thing is about mid-gap, though, is like, I don't, like, when you say mid-gap, that sounds like him absolutely smashing perks, but like, DeMonte, we've kind of said this before, we're expecting him to play around the map, not so much smash the mid laner, you know what I'm saying? So, maybe mid-gap, but not in the traditional sense. Mid-gap down 5 CS, but with 2 extra assists. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Cloud9 actually tweeted... Uh, 100 Thieves, and then they replied and said, doesn't stand a chance. And then somebody suggested that I just hide the co the second tweet, so I hid the second tweet, so now it just looks like they're saying 100 Thieves. <laughs> but it says the reply was, oh, I guess you don't know what you hid, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait, can you not, can you not like, click to expand it or anything? It's just... No, it's just hidden. hidden. It just says learn more. Get <laughs> out, <laughs> uh, C9. All right, well, here's the deal. If I can wreck C9 this hard on Twitter, maybe that means 100 Thieves is going to wreck them this hard on the Rift in, in this weekend. I, I'm changing Mateus my is slipping. Is gonna win. Um, <laughs> okay, anyway, um, Blue Jay, I guess easy and uh, open and, and shut case then. Thank you for the call. Is there anything you want to say before we move on to our final caller? Yeah, I just want to shout out the guy who made another Blue Jay account in the chat with two L's. Uh, that's kind of troll. I like it. And uh, <laughs> I actually, on a more serious note, uh, I actually do think you guys should go check out the Perks interview. I think that's probably your best interview so far this year. So uh, go take a look at that one, guys. It's actually a really, really good interview. You learn Thank a you, lot. Yeah. I hope I hope people do. I, uh, it was very funny because I... I made like the the clickbait capital letter title for YouTube, and then I have an RSS feed that I give like longer form titles to for I don't know Google and whatever all the news feeds and stuff. And um, the the clickbaity one from YouTube was the one that got posted. Now everybody's angry at me, even though I had like a great one for Reddit. And now people are like, "This is Travis. Of course he sucks." And they're like, "He's going <laughs> to rant about this on Hotline League," and now I'm doing it. Thank you so much, Blue Jay, for the call. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one. By the way, All two right. minutes left. C9 has now t overtaken 100 Thieves in this poll. 50.1% to 49.9%. But it's close. It, I, know, I mean, it's very close. Here's a question for the Twitch chat before we get into the next goal. Should it be a considerate, could, should it be considered a failure for 100 Thieves if they don't make the finals of this? Because Papa Smithy went out and he got himself the Golden Guardian's call, right? So he obviously wants to win. He built a team around someday to win. So should it be considered, I think people would say it's a failure for Cloud9 to not make the finals or win it. But is it a failure for 100 Thieves if they don't make the finals or win? There's some food for thought, Twitch chat. Everything that's not winning and taking home the trophy is a failure for everyone. Papa Smith said yes, Twitch chat. So everyone that said no, you're wrong. Um, so this last call, I pulled it because it got a lot of reactions in the uh, Discord on the little emoji reactions. So, man of the people. Here we go. Uh, G Chow is here. G Chow, is that how you say your name? <laughs> it's a uh, it's Good Chow. Good Chow. Yes. Yeah, well, yeah. I can't believe I didn't realize that's how you say it. Um, well, where, you, where are you calling from? Don't worry. <laughs> I'm I'm calling from Redding, California. Redding. I drove through there uh, last year and um there's a lot of trees what do you want to talk about yeah. on the show all right so um i watched double co-stream and i basically basically i think uh 
his co-stream is kind of like bad for the league community uh essentially because he's just too toxic to all of the pro players um if you compare that to say medios and sneaky or uh i will dominate like granted i will dominate's stream is a little bit toxic as well but it's not just straight up flaming uh their pro players whenever they make a mistake um yeah um so I'll preface this by saying that I have not watched enough of anyone's co-stream to comment. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, here's another important opinion for the Vasses from Mark Z. Here I go Spawn, anyways. Have you, Spawn, have you watched any of, of Double Ifs or am I going to have to do this whole thing by myself? Uh, I've watched a little bit of Double If because, uh, it, like, you know, I I don't want to come off as too much as a fanboy because now I'm over here and I understand how I sound. But, like, uh, in a time before a time... Travis, and I think we've had this conversation before. I, I, I literally own every double lift jersey ever. He's like my <laughs> favorite player of all time. Like, I actually, I think he is like such a, I don't know, from Epic Gamer with Dan Din all the way through to like when he got picked up CLG, like everything. Like, I'm a huge double lift fan. So I, I do tune in upon occasion. Um, so. I think his personality is awesome, by the way. I, what I what did you think, think of like, his co-stream? Like, I, I mean, I think, like, yeah, sure, he, he, he goes in, but, like, isn't that what he's been famous for? Like, you know, and, like, the thing that I respect about Double F so much and that I think I've always said about him is, like, when he performs badly, he's the first person and is, like, he's kind of like Egypt in that regard, and I really respected Egypt for this as well. He's, like, I'm shit. Like, maybe yeah. I should retire. Like, maybe the there difficulty is... He's not um, able to do that anymore, right? So it's just kind yeah. of like here. Here's one thing that I worry about with um, with his co-stream is like, like when he's watching Golden Guardians, for instance, get trashed by like people who have been to Worlds. I don't think he like the LCS broadcast will put into context like, hey, these are people that were just playing in college and are rookies and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Whereas I don't. He doesn't care, right? No. And I think that that's, like, really tough when, like, obviously Golden Guardians should lose most of their matches. They're, like, brand-new players who've played, like, a handful of games. And go ahead, Mark. Oh, I was going to say, what you're saying is something that someone else actually put as another topic, or the same topic, but they had this take. And I'll give Variance in Discord a shout-out because I'm stealing what he said. You know, like I said, I haven't watched, but he goes, he does it when it matters, Twitch chat. He does it when it matters. There's no acknowledgement of a player's potential development or considering uh, their novelty in the league. Um, That's absolutely not true. I did it. Like when we were talking about whether they should keep playing carries for Niles in the Quinn matchup, I literally said you've built a whole team around him. No, no, no. no. Not you. This uh, is a guy echoing uh, double it. We're talking right, about guys. double if stream right now, Spawn. Sorry, this sorry, isn't about you. Jesus. Oh, I'm about to lose my mind. I was about to body variance, but good save, no. Ma. No, no, no. Variance, is, variance had the same topic as the actual caller, but I, like, I could only pull one, you know. So mm -hmm. I who, who put it in first, but he, he had a similar sentiment in, as the point that Travis was just making. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think that's one thing. Is like I, I worry that um, a lot of that is lost in in his kind of blanket analysis like yeah guess what niles is probably playing like shit but also we should probably expect him to play like shit for a while he's going to take a while to get good yeah. 
Um, here's my fear. I have two fears. One is uh, I'm very happy for Peter to be getting so many views. And I think this weekend at one point in time, he had like over 30,000 people watching his stream. I, I way, guys. Travis can call him Peter because they're close like yes. that. Yes, we're close like that. Let's like you and Josh. But uh, And I think that'll continue to grow. Because I think there are a lot of times where, look, I think the LCS broadcast has gotten a lot better this year. I think it's still not, there are a lot of moments where it's not very entertaining. And when you have Peter doing some like very long hangout with Spica after their match, where they're just like shooting the shit and laughing about what happened in that game, it's a little more interesting than sometimes the like uh, wonderful, but sometimes dry analysis from the analyst desk. Um, and so I expect, <laughs> so I worry about a world where, okay, so here's another thing Peter does. He shits on the people on the show, right? Like he, like every time LaTigris is doing an interview, Peter turns on the audio for a little bit, listens to one question, laughs about the question, says, I can't guys, I can't, and then mutes it. And then like laughs at Twitch chat as they flame her. And so I'm imagining a world where like Peter's viewership goes up to, you know, like the LCS broadcast has 90,000 viewers on it and he's got like 50,000 viewers on his over the course of this. He does something like that. There becomes a Reddit thread where like people are like, oh, you know, LaTigra sucks. And they are posting a clip of Peter reacting that way to that. And then the broadcast people at Riot are like, why are we giving this guy co-streaming rights when he's shitting on our people? And people get really upset because then Peter, who usually has 50,000 stream viewers, aren't able to watch him and it becomes this huge drama. So I worry for Peter in that sense because I want him to be very successful and I think his stream is very good whenever he's giving analysis and it's fun whenever he does like some poking fun, but I worry sometimes that he crosses the line in areas that I think will long-term hurt him. And that is like my big concern for his co-stream. Yeah, I, I pretty much agree with that. Um, and then I would also say that it can kind of like trickle down into the community, which I think is as a player is like one of the things that, I mean, granted the league community is not necessarily the nicest people, um, but uh as far as like the player base <laughs> um but so seeing basically a bunch of plebs like me watching his stream and then thinking oh i'm better than all my solo queue teammates and then going into solo queue and, and oh you think he's better. gonna make like the community more toxic i think it's i think it's possible yeah it it could also have an adverse effect on like you know the um the the desk and and the actual broadcast uh, but yeah, I, I do think it will have like an adverse effect on the the community itself too. Hmm. That's uh, an interesting take because in the ideal world, I'd love to agree with you, but we just don't live in an ideal society, right? And like, I'm not ready to pin like the fifty thousand people in Solicue that are flaming me for not building Moonstone staff of whatever the heck it is on LS. I just think that's an individual thing as well. So like, I, I don't think like Peter should no, double if should take the hate of like. For that but like I, I can see the point about the toxicity i think like travis your point is such, from such a I, I just want to shout out travis real quickly chat your point is from <laughs> such a sweet place like i was sitting there listening to that i i honestly nearly started tearing up man just looking out for his brother over there like hoping he does it hoping he makes sick, sick bank and doesn't get like 
banned by old Rita. That, that's such a sweet cake. I mean, it's bad. It's like, that bad. scenario I paint is bad for everyone, right? Because there are fans that want to watch Peter's co-stream. Peter wants to co-stream. Uh, Latigris, I don't think, should be getting flamed. Like, that's kind of shitty. Or, or like, Alorum. He's, like, pretty critical of Alorum, who's, like, this new young dude who's, like, learning how to be on the broadcast, right? Like, I don't, like Riot it ends up getting in hot water if they end up, like, ter- taking away his co-streaming privileges for a while. It's just, like, really bad for everyone you know if it gets to that point. Me as well? Do you know that, Travis? Like, what? in 2014, when I came over to uh, cast the CLG versus Curse Academy Elimination game, and Double if was playing in it. Uh, he he flamed the shit out of me and Atlas. That was actually so <laughs> funny. And I don't hold it against him. Maybe we just sucked. Like actually, not even a maybe, dude. I'm pretty sure back then Atlas and I were just terrible. And now Atlas is great, and I still suck. That's why I'm the coach. I mean, I'm glad you have the mental fortitude for it. I think there's a lot of people who I think would have a tough time with that, right? Like, yeah. Like, I mean, it was early on in your career, but like. For instance, that that what like over a little bit over a year ago, there was that Reddit thread that was like Travis Gafford doesn't know how to interview or whatever. It got up to the top. Like I've been doing this for a long enough time that like that type of public criticism I found almost humorous, if not a little annoying. But like it didn't really get to me. But I do think other people are in different places, and so that's that stuff. And I mean, it it's also it doesn't even necessarily need to be the people he's talking about that get offended. It could be like the producers who feel protective yeah, of. I understand yeah. why producers protect their people. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not down saying that. And if like, you know, I'll stand up for the Tigress here. I, I really enjoyed working worlds with the Tigress. I thought that she did a great job. And I think that, uh, people expect people to come in at certain levels and everyone comes from a different place. And like, you have to acknowledge what people bring to broadcast. And I think the Tigress from my experience working with her is incredibly hardworking, uh, and does make the broadcast better when she's on there. So if you're saying stuff like that, I don't agree with his take, but I also do think that, you know, that's kind of what Doublelift does. Like he's, he's a Stephen A. Smith kind of person, right? He, he is there to have the hot take and to throw some spice around. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. And when some of it sticks, I don't think it should necessarily come back with, to him because like you miss a couple of shots if you're taking as many as he does. I hope you're right. And I think like, I don't want his stream to become like, Hey everyone, it's Doublelift. Wow. There's some interesting decisions that are being made here. Like I think part of it is fun to mm-hmm. have the real talk on his stream that you can't necessarily get on the LCS broadcast where they're beholden to like broader narratives and all that stuff. Uh, know, it's more just like, I worry about the lines sometimes. What? Mark, Mark Z goes in. He like flamed Tooney about the tear. Freak goes in at the moment. I do think LCS, like I understand, like I, I'm also, I'm trying to walk this fine line between like, you know, defending both parties here. I do think like everyone's like, wow, Europe is so much more analytical. And I think Vettius is really smart about the game. And Ender is really smart about the game. But it's not like we have complete dumbasses on the LCS. And it's not like we don't say anything critical about it at all. Like, I think that, like, sometimes, like, I, I would say that even sometimes Turley's gone a little bit far on his, like, criticism of, criticism of players, right? Like, I, I personally think that sometimes the minute ran about how a decision was poor maybe could sting if you look after that look after david freak Charlie, right but i do think like you know everyone kind of does it yeah i just think i think uh there's like a spectrum right and i think lcs can be spicy and maybe is sometimes i think double of stream could could always be a little more spicy in the same way that dom and well, like, tend to be and then i just example. worry that there's like a way too far out there right for example, like one of the clips on the front page of Reddit, and I don't know if I'll get in trouble for even paraphrasing this, but like uh, when Vulcan made a good play, he uh, made some very sexually suggestive comments of his attraction toward Vulcan's gameplay. 
Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, he, he suggested Vulcan could engage in sexual interactions with him. I think, right? Okay. Of a very specific nature too. Yes, that had yeah. uh, nine month repercussions. So like, or I guess full life repercussions. I should say. My bad. Uh, but yeah, so like, those are kinds of things which like. You know, for some people, it's just like, funny, and you know, like that's just something we'll never be able to hit on the on. Yeah, on yeah, the and I think that stuff is yeah. like I've to be clear. If Peter wants to say that Vulcan can impregnate him, I don't think that that I don't have as much concern as I have for that as like an eventual situation where because where people at right have to make really tough decisions about defending their broadcast. You know what I mean? Like if they're giving him the keys to the kingdom to like just sort of critique everybody on the broadcast and, and a platform, I think that's where tough decisions will start to be made. So I don't know. I'm, I'm curious to see how it pans out. Uh, I hope, I hope that uh, things work out and everyone gets to be happy and we all get a wonderful double if co-stream. Obviously I'm rooting for everyone here. Uh, wait, how did you say it again? Good chow. Yeah, that's it. Good chow. I'm sorry yeah. that we took your topic and made it into something else. And by we, I mean specifically me, because I misunderstood it initially. <laughs> I, I, I'm less worried about Peter making people toxic in, in the, the game because I feel like everyone's toxic in the game. Except for me. <laughs> Classic. That's what I say. Good chat. Do you have anything you want to shout out here at the end? Uh, shout out my boys who uh, I ditched to, to jump on this, this um, episode. And uh, shout out to Alienware and uh, Captain Flowers. His stream is hilarious and he's doing good stuff. I'm going to interview Captain Flowers tomorrow. Everybody stay tuned for it. It's if he doesn't cancel. Travis Gafford promotion stream. Uh, thank you, Gachow, for the call. Oh, he left. Um, okay. Mark Zimmerman, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? Nothing. Let's get Spawn out of here. This week, Mark and I the will, be... will be coming out tomorrow. What? The tie will be coming out tomorrow. Okay. I just wanted to talk over you as soon as you start talking. Uh, this week, Mark and I will be recording our Rhythm of War review for the book channel. For those that have read book four of, what did you call it again? The the Wyndham Chronicles spawn? No, I said Wayfarer Redemption. I, whatever. Like, get up from my back, dude. Uh, if you... <laughs> What is Wayfarer Redemption? I want to look this Get up. Get off my Wait, back, dude, he says, after it. ignorantly dunking on my favorite uh, series. Uh, after... It's Sarah Douglas. Okay, cool. So Wayfarer Redemption is Sarah Douglas. That's so a completely different one. But, oh, Sarah Douglas, I think it is. Not Sarah, but whatever. She's an Australian author from Adelaide, I think. Good author. So I apologize for mixing up two books, Travis. When you've read thousands of books like I have, like <laughs> you're, you're a goddamn newbie that's read like three fantasy books and now making a YouTube channel. Well, I can tell, I can tell you're very wind, qualified. I've read Stormlight Archive <laughs> and I've read First Law. I'm yeah. kind of an expert in fantasy. <laughs> when you've read thousands of books like me, Travis, you can't even tell them apart. And that's what makes me so qualified to <laughs> review them. <laughs> Um, my inability to discern which books are which. No titles. I just don't do titles, man. It's like I don't do first names. I meet people like ten times before I remember their names. Great. Well, anyway, uh, Mark and I are going to do that. Should be pretty fun. Stay tuned. Or uh, YouTube.com/slash Travis Gafford Books. It's the book channel that I need to be more active on, and Mark pushes me to be active, but I need to be active without him because I it's push my you channel too, man. Is. I've asked like three times to go on that channel. 
And you yeah, and then whenever, and then, channel, uh, like, which I don't, like, how long have I been asking you just to come on the show, Spawn? <laughs> it took, it took, this is the third week of me pers- persistently asking you to come on the show. So asking you then to try to do, and you saying you don't have too much, any time you're too busy. So trying to get you on a book channel when you won't even make it onto the league show the, seems the like The thing difficult. is, people are only busy when they don't want to do something. If no, that's not true. What actually happened, first time I was busy, I think I was doing something sponsor-wise. Second time, Travis asked me, and we were 0-3 in scrims. And he's like, yo, dude, you want to come on? And I was like, look, dude, i got to be completely honest. Like, I'm sweating bullets here. Steve has just booked me a flight back to Australia. Like, I think I've lost my job, but it's, we haven't even played yet. Like, just let me get my shit back on track. And then we did, Travis. We came out, we picked up the big 2-0, and now I'm back. I'm on Holy League, baby. You almost got tempos. <laughs> Thanks for yeah. the time, Spawn. Uh, we are sending you back from whence you came after your major life decisions. Uh, anyway. Do I get, do I get my shout outs or do, do I not get to do that? Yeah, I was just about to say, anyway, do you have anything you want to shout out? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things. Shout out to Team Liquid uh, for bringing me on and making my dreams come true. So far since I got here, this has honestly been insane. I ran my own org for a little while in Oceania. And I let me tell you, chat, I did a shit job compared to Liquid. <laughs> so much better than me at this. Uh, shout well, out to Alienware. What were you going to say, Bob? I was going to say, I'm sure you, you had millions upon millions of dollars coming in from uh, high-level investors as well. No, but once again, that's my fault. That's just proof that Steve is better at it than I am, right? Um, shout out to obviously Alien when we share a sponsor. And then like a uh, couple of things, like, and I don't mean to turn your channel uh, political, political, Travis, but it's Australia Day right now. There's a lot of people that are unhappy about that. Um, and I think that they should just change the goddamn date. So I'll say that um, in respect to the first people of Australia. Um, and then the second, that doesn't make sense to any of the North Americans here, but the Australians listening, like, yeah, change the date. Um, and maybe look it up and get informed, like, if you're not there, and if you want to. Um, and then the second thing is, uh, shout out to Jenna, who's my partner. Before I came here, uh, and I think Mark knows this, maybe you don't know this, uh, my son was, like, diagnosed with autism uh, just before I got on the plane uh, to come over here to North America. And Jenna, my partner, has just been, like, incredibly supportive. We also have, like, a three-month-old son at home as well. Uh, and I just like packed up and come to North America to work. So uh, shout out to Jenna. Uh, she, she's really my rock and Jasper's doing good and stuff. So yeah, just shout out to my family. Very good. That's very sweet of you. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much spawn for coming on and being so wholesome. I appreciate it. Uh, my shout outs. Listen, my interviews have been fucking sick. Go look at them. I wish that the LCS broadcast like was picking up some of these storylines and some of them they are. Shout out to the LCS broadcast for picking up the ones that they are, but there's still so many good stories that are coming out. And I, I don't even necessarily think it's just me. It's like, there's just some really interesting stuff going on in the LCS and some really great stories. So please take a look at those. The impact one is going to come out. It's great. The perks one is insane. And, uh, and I'm going to interview captain flyer soon about his decision to, uh, to stop working with Mark as much. I think is what it is. He went freelance because he felt, no, he wanted to do more because I've been freelance forever. He wants to do a podcast, actually, where we take callers um, for uh, romantic advice. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much to uh, Spawn and Mark, of course. And uh, hopefully we have a cool announcement for you guys next week. Stay tuned for that. Uh, this has been Hotline League episode 158.